1: I know, of course, that you're out of your jurisdiction. Personally, I think you're a video. But that's the evidence in the car.
0: But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Always oh, like to keep my audience riveted. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, friends and fiends, and welcome to Free Range Idiocy, the podcast about everything, but mostly just the stuff we like. Original ideas are the uncut gems of creativity, a perfect and lovely thing to behold regardless of genre of being they should be appreciated when they come along. Or, if Hollywood studios are to be believed, poured out for all they're worth until every single nickel of profit has been wrung from them and entire populations have turned against them.
2: Merchandising.
0: You know, it's a living. Work the gimmick. What makes a good sequel? What makes a bad sequel? Your humble, idiotic servants are here to sit you under the learning tree and share our knowledge with you in this episode 122, When Sequels Attack. I am your Uncle Todd, and with me, as always, is the man who once camped out for opening weekend tickets to Star Wars Episode 2 for over a month, only to discover he'd been sitting in front of a Denny's the whole time. He has been my partner in EDC for over two decades, and the champion of Moon Over My Hammy,
2: I give you the man they call tail. Greetings and salutations, my friend, and, uh, you know, quite honestly, on this diet, uh, Moon Over My Hammy is legal. <laughs>
0: Your diet, man, can't even get through the introduction of the show without you going back to you know. Yes. Well, I've uh, eaten approximately five pounds of bacon today, and Doc says I'm doing great. <laughs> For what? A prize pig? You your actually... heart is a well-oiled machine. <laughs> yeah, it's grease. That's the problem. It's well, you have Crisco instead of cartilage in your in your. Uh... In your joints, but I mean, hey, I mean, they probably work better than mine, so who am I Who am I to really argue? <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. I was talking just fine in our pre production meeting, and now I'm like, like Jackie Gleason on a bad day. The damn Germans got nothing to do with it. Anyways. What do you say? Shut up, one shit at a time. So you're doing well. I'm, I'm very glad to hear about that. Uh, yes. You know, it's uh, always good when you're doing well because, well, like they always say, you know, happy life, happy podcast recording partner, something <laughs> like that. I, I It honestly, rhymes.
2: It really rhymes. I wasn't paying attention,
0: you know, oh, as usual. Lord.
2: Would I lie?
0: Well, I'm doing well. Uh, you know, thank you for asking. I, I, really, I did.
2: I asked, how are you? I said, oh, you greetings did? and salutations. How are you, sir? And uh, then I made my little quip about the... Uh... No, I don't think you even asked me how you were doing. I think you,
0: I think, okay, I think well, you just went right into How are you, sir? You know I'm doing quite well.
2: Thank you for asking. Oh, wonderful, wonderful.
0: Yes, yes. All is all is well. We have a snowmageddon uh, 2023 approaching Maine. We've had like barely any snow, which I I think everyone ought to thank me mm. because I actually went out and bought a brand new snowblower this year. Ah, and yes. uh, the funny part was I bought a new snowblower. Two days later, it snowed. However, mm. it's that wet, heavy crap snow that jams up <laughs> yeah exactly that stalls out <laughs> blowers, even brand new ones like mine oh dear uh, so i i got about three quarters of my driveway done and then i had to shovel the rest because it just was slush oh uh, gosh and then it just snowed the other day but didn't get a chance to get out and get to it before it started to rain oh,
1: dear.
0: and turned into that stuff so i didn't even bother and then the next day i had to like go out and scrape when it got warmer hmm So apparently we're supposed to get a decent amount of snow this time, so this will be the first real run for Uncle Todd's Snowblower of Doom. So we'll see how this goes.
2: I talked to, uh, just before we started recording, I was chatting with my sister, it is her birthday today, Ah, and uh, she is of the uh, main area as well, and uh, I I asked her how much you get and expecting it to be at least a number with two digits in it. And she says, well, eight inches. I'm like, really? Snow day for eight inches? What, what has happened to the Northeast? We used to go to school when it was 14. Well,
0: <laughs> I do give a little bit more leeway for that because I do understand that teachers are coming from farther away now. Like, It's not the case where everybody ah, okay. just lives in the town that they, that they work or mm. teach in. I mean, you know this yourself, sir. You are a, you're a commutant type of guy. Yes, I am. So, I mean, I I kind of give a little leeway there. That plus, I just I don't feel like being that much of an old bastard.
2: Not yet. Give me another ten years, and maybe oh, I'll understand. warm up to it. Although the metro train, they 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 have they they basically have like a snowplow thing on the front, so it's like it, it it just pushes it away and gets us downtown. So.
0: See, now I kind of want to work on one of those. I, I want to drive, <laughs> drive a snowplow and train.
2: Although the best was uh, where not not the town I live in now, but the one uh, I first moved to when, when I moved out here. Um, when I would uh, catch the train uh, to get downtown, there was one uh, particular morning. We had a bunch of snow and, uh, you know, still showing up to get downtown. And they had an express train run through, um, because the trains were running, you know, kind of on an odd schedule and because it had snowed and it hadn't been really shoveled yet. And there was a lot of it and stuff, uh, as the train came barreling by at, at full blast, there was this w- tsunami of snow that just hit all of us <laughs> on the platform. It was just like, Oh my gosh, what just happened? <laughs>
0: That's awesome.
2: Oh, it was, it was amazing. Like, you know, you could tell the rookies from from the veterans because the veterans had their back to what was coming and yep. the rest of us are looking right at it like, you know, it's almost like a pie just coming. You can't get out of the way and you just get hit with it. So, yeah, like, Hey, what's that? <laughs>
0: <Bam>. That's a <laughs> snowbank in your face, you moron. <laughs> oh, yeah. You just oh, gave yeah. yourself a whitewash. Congratulations. Indeed. But anywho. Uh, yes. we, we are going to talk about some movies We're going to talk about some sequels uh, oh, But yeah. before we get into that uh, we We're going to our... talk
2: about some movies and sequels Yeah, oh, actually
0: <laughs> You're right It's McMahon <laughs> I, Oh my god, it's, you know what Let's just push that off as far as we can, shall we? Indeed um, But uh, we have this little thing that we like to call the Weekend Geek Where uh, the man they call Tim educates us on all the happenings or, or at least the things that he googled Five minutes before the show started
1: Week in geek
2: feels so funky. Uh,
0: So, what do we have going on this episode in the Week and Geek?
2: Uh, We have the following, sir. Uh, First, uh, first up to bat is uh, from uh, Gosh, I lost my place. There we go. Uh, we're we're <laughs> operating right,
0: like a like a well tuned engine it. right now. <laughs> All right, it's, it's <laughs> from
2: uh, <laughs> it's from, <laughs> between your yeah your speaking ability and my memory. We're doing great. Good lord, um, we're both
0: going to end up getting committed to a home by the end of the week. <laughs> it's it's
2: going to be <laughs> it's inevitable. um but from uh, it's called Medium dot com was an article. I'm sorry, uh, it comes
0: from say what?
2: I was going to say medium dot com, but it seems to say cloakmouse. I don't know what if, if there's some sort of offshoot of medium, but uh, is medium Are
0: you sure that's not German like klaukenmaus or something? No, it, it is not. Oh, clo- it is cloakmouse. I kind of oh,
2: look. He clicked on the link. <laughs> I'm kind of well. I don't usually. I mean, this, <laughs> this is your job. All right. So uh, this is about the show Andor and and a little Easter egg uh, that was called out uh, by the author here. Uh, Basically, uh, an an interesting factoid was uncovered by, of course, those diligent fans always looking for an angle, looking for a little uh, something, something to to kind of... uh, show how clicks
0: looking for clicks let's just put it. say what it is
2: looking for looking for clicks views and uh generating that sweet sweet ad revenue uh but nonetheless uh that disney plus uh and the andor series that we were all just blessed with in in a in just a, a phenomenal series uh basically uh if you take the uh beginning theme song of all 12 episodes and were to layer them on top of each other one after another which our dear uncle Todd is uh, familiar with doing. He produces this show. He, 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 you know, performs all sorts of magic and, and wizardry to bring a, a polished product to the masses. And, uh, you know, here, uh, apparently if you layer all 12, uh, they, they come together as a very, uh, very full bodied orchestral, uh, harmonious theme. And, as the author writes, it is, uh, you know, apropos uh, being what Andor is about, which is, uh, you know, Andor's, uh, you know, journey to to the rebellion and and the rebellion coming together as, as disparate parts. So I just thought it was kind of an interesting factoid that I just wanted to kind of bring to the to to our audience, to you, sir, as uh, and. Unfortunately, the link we're going to post, uh, the audio quality isn't great. I, I, it is not a, a uh, critique on what was done. But if you were to listen to it in a much more sort of uh, crystal clear and well-produced form, I think you would be quite impressed with it. So uh, so just a, a fun little Easter egg from the Endor series.
0: Which I'm guessing was discovered late at night at the office where someone's like, <laughs> You know... <laughs> I wonder what would happen if you took all those theme songs and layered them. Open up GarageBand.
2: <laughs> yes, yes. I was gonna say you gotta uh, queue up uh, "Insane in the Membrane" or something. You know? I'm
0: just guessing, but I feel pretty good about that guess, quite honestly. That no, sounds I, like something that something back in college that you would have walked into the room and you're like, "Oh, good God, how how the firearm not go off <laughs> yet?
2: <laughs> oh my goodness." Uh and staying within the Star Wars uh realm, uh we also have uh and you know again we were supposed to record a couple days ago and uh uh, Un- Uncle Todd was was elbow dropped by Rip Van Winkle, so he had to get to bed a little earlier than normal. Uh-
0: <laughs> cream of
2: the crap. Oh yeah, you couldn't go to bed.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, you'll oh. put you in the sleeper brother. Actually, that's more the that's the Dusty Rhodes bit where he's like, the big sleep, the deep sleep, yeah. <laughs> gonna put you to sleep oh tell us dusty tell us yeah
1: he's just a common man
0: the american Gosh. dream the
2: rose the better is. yes but uh i think it was tuesday oh sorry it was monday night i believe for the wasn't it during the football game i believe uh it it debuted yes. and then yeah i think it was online after that but i did not see it until tuesday morning on the metro train uh, but, uh, Mandalorian season three, a longer trailer, a little more detail, a little more, uh, just a, a little, little peak giving us a peak. So a little, uh, heh
0: heh if you will,
2: indeed, indeed. So, uh, I believe, uh, per, uh, free range EDC guidelines and protocol, we are going to, uh, henceforth, uh, run through a... Uh, <laughs> I feel like going into the... Gosh, where, where are you going with this?
0: I mean, we're already wasting enough time sitting here watching the trailer with people. And, and here you are, you're going into your, like, Chucky after an eight Guinness impression. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Is going into, like, her Chucky. <laughs> but no, it's like drunk Chucky. This is like Chucky, three sheets to the wind. Henceforth, <laughs> and there too. four. <laughs> let me, let me... <laughs> <laughs> Like, where are you heading with this, sir?
2: Oh, uh, just saying we're gonna do a commentary track while watching the trailer. Ladies and gentlemen, Tim is off his meds. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh gosh, I haven't had any bourbon yet. <laughs> no, I
0: think that's the problem. Actually, it's like that. Uh, oh. it's like the one of those shows where they're like, "Hey, uh, we're gonna have an intervention. Well, I've been, I haven't been drinking for a month. We want you to start." <laughs>
2: But anywho. All right. All right. Decorum. Got to maintain decorum. All right. (laughs) Since when? All (laughs) right. So,
0: are you queued up, sir? I am. All right. Are you? I am queued up. Right now, he's going to be watching an Ant-Man trailer. It's going to be great, folks. Look, it's King! Yeah, exactly.
2: although i did send uncle todd and it is kind of funny I, I, they I wish all I had hate it with, you tim with with Kane, co- you know coming out of the curtain but but the same shot of mando coming out of the uh, plastic wrap or whatever that is that he walked mm-hmm. through when he was like busting that one group so uh it's gotta be mando all right
0: all right i've given you enough we've stalled for enough time are you ready chucky's ready all right how about we do you're the maestro for this Uh, can you count down from three or you you uh here two four
2: uh three all right two one oh my our people are scattered everywhere hey there's the oh there he is it's like the four horsemen of the mandalorians which one's arn (laughs) (laughs) I really don't like him in that Naboo Starfighter. It is such you a you gotta downgrade. get over that, sir. You've got to get over that. What the Naboo Starfighter? Yes, just enjoy the show. He's he there he went from a spaceship, luxurious spaceship to like this like tiny thing. I don't know if it's luxurious. Hey, oh, Carl, what,
0: that was like the that was almost like a Ric Flair robe he was getting, getting there. <laughs> oh yeah. Hopefully, comes down those stairs and does a little spin. Ah, oh, the oh, armor.
2: Yeah. Apollo is uh, Rick Flair in it this time, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, wow. Pelimoto, little late may the force be with you. And fireworks. I'm curious where that fireworks is coming from. Yeah. That looks like Coruscant. And there's uh, Space Chips. Yep. <laughs> space Chips, Paunch. Oh, we got Jedi with lightsabers. That's
0: a flashback. That was the one that got me. Like I don't know if that's a flashback. I don't know. I'm hoping know. that's his
2: new ship. Oh, here goes the airdrop. Yep. Air cavalry. Oh, my gosh.
0: Those freaking things.
2: Uh oh. What's the child going to do? This right here layeth the smacketh down. Oh, he's getting ready for the people's elbow. Look out, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that is fantastic.
0: That little guitar part at the end there. Oh, just, Oh, oh. oh, yeah. Chef's kiss. chef's kiss um your thoughts sir march 1st ain't going to be here soon enough folks i might have to watch that about 10 or 12 times between now and then to tide me over that looks awesome it's everything that you're going to want you get more mandalorians you get it seems like we got mando kind of taking up the the idea of leadership of of more man, like actually kind of embracing the fact that yeah, he's got the dark saber, so now technically he is the leader of the mandalorians mm-hmm. and he's got his boomstick and <laughs> you know what is you know what i think is actually most encouraging yes zero bo katan in this trailer which come means, no, 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 no. Bo- all right, all right oh, no. Come on. You, I, I am such a mark and a shill for Bo-Katan and Katie Sackoff. Like, we, I, I'm, I don't know. You've, you've been a little sour. I ain't going like. to do salty. that. I ain't going to do Bo-Katan that way. No, no, all no, right. no. All right. What all I'm right. saying is why I'm excited for that yes. is because there's no glimpse of exactly how, what direction this is going. Mm. Everything with that character is going to be a surprise, which to me, that's going to yes. be the crux of this entire season is like conflict between mando and Katana, that dance mm-hmm. like this is where this is where you have like in wrestling parlance you know that these two have got are going to end up clashing but you know it's going to be a couple months down the road you know what it's like so you got to have them dance away from you got to keep them apart you got to mm-hmm. you got to find ways for them to still interact and all it's going to be
2: lovely it's 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 like when sting was part of the four horsemen You knew at some point it was going to fall apart. Well, yeah, that's because everyone turns on Sting. Everyone. Everyone. (laughs) Well, most specifically Flair, right? I mean.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, but everybody turns on Sting. I'm pretty sure that his mom, like, stabbed him in the back at one point. Uh, I don't know. Wasn't that an angle? Like, she came out and, like, gave him a stunner or
2: something? I don't know. Uh,
0: Maybe. Maybe. But I am. I am. I am. So excited for this show! How about you, sir? What were your impressions with this?
2: Uh, very much so. Yeah. Uh, other than getting over my disappointment about the Naboo Starfighter, uh, I uh, I am very excited for this. Uh, I'm a little disappointed that we didn't get a view, and I know you're going to love this because because it's it's again it's it's the hidden, it's the mystery that we haven't seen. What's going to mm-hmm. be revealed to us? But I wanted to see Reverend Jim. I thought for a minute when we were in the cave that was going to be the Reverend Jim. you'd oh, be like, no. "Hello," you know. But no, no, we have to wait until the show starts to see what Marty. Christopher Lloyd is going to be looking like. What is he going to be mm-hmm. doing, and how is he going to be involved? Yep,
0: and and again, like, I, you say what you want about some of the other shows. You know, I, I wasn't Obi Wan was good. I mean, for what it was, it was a nostalgia trip. I don't really think I ever have to watch that again. It, it was good to watch once, but. I don't think it's fine, and I mean, there's parts of it I will go back to. I will go back mm-hmm. to the the Vader Obi One stuff a couple mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. Other than that, meh. Um, yeah. Andor was good. I don't know how much I would go back and do a complete rewatch on it.
2: I did, but it was, with my son, and it was glorious.
0: It, it was it was really good. Book of Boba Fett, I enjoyed Book of Boba Fett. Um, hmm. However, Mando has is like the Cadillac of Star Wars shows. So I'd be extraordinarily surprised if they managed to botch this you yeah, know he's not
2: the tesla he's not the lincoln
0: we're uh you know <laughs> just on on the basis of our history with twitter i i refuse to even mention that car brand That the you man just, they called
2: tim was was purposely prodding uh probing there and and, and, and trying to uh mo- motivate uncle todd into a uh
0: we shan't be talking about the mollusk yeah. no in, we in, won't be talking about rant. mollusk no no there.
2: All right. All right. Yeah, I, I, am I'm, I'm excited. I w- it was interesting to see. Uh, you know, the fireworks looked very reminiscent of End of Return of the Jedi and Coruscant, uh, mm. or unless it's just Coruscant and he's just flying in when they're celebrating something. But, uh, um. I find it funny how that one, uh, you know, X-Wing, you know, space chips guy is like all of a sudden finding, landing himself a, a meteor roll, apparently, now, <laughs> where he's like, well, you know, he w- went from pulling Mando over to now, all right, you and I are going to be, uh, you know, talking a little bit more and I'm going to be, it's it's the old norm, norm effect, you know, I'm going to be giving you a, giving you some info, spending some yarns.
0: Well, you are down one Cara Not
2: to be missed.
0: And... That was, I mean, she was getting her own show. I'm mm-hmm. sure that, the, you know, I'm I'm betting they didn't have everything planned and plotted out. But I bet they had some sort of ideas of where they could go with that and how that might tie in. So you take out that entire show. And if you were like, OK, well, we kind of had this thought of or it just makes more sense to have an authority figure of some kind who would represent some kind of, you know, law, you know. Law, mm. you know We don't go for law around here, law dog. You know, um, savvy. (laughs) Where's Ike Clanton when you need him? That's what I want to know. Oh wait, he's making—he's in the new Avatar movie, which still blows my mind that Ike Clanton is like the badass, like scarred-up Marine dude from Avatar. That I I can't reconcile those things in my head. I can—I can put a lot of things together, but for whatever reason, my brain just farts out at that point. Like, nope, nope, sorry, we're not doing that um no i mean yeah i think that might be part of the reason or hey maybe it's mm-hmm. just a maybe that's like the only 10 seconds that dude has in the entire season who knows yeah 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 and they were just like hey we need a filler perfect this guy says some things
2: mm-hmm. but mm-hmm.
0: yeah it's gonna be great I great trailer can't wait for season three
2: indeed indeed it's good to see grief in the rick flair uh, robe so mm if he can give us a woo. <laughs> yes
0: if we could get a woo that would be perfect <laughs> carl does anyone is having more fun like than carl weathers with this stuff like uh, oh, this gosh. career kind of renaissance where he's oh, like yep. um what, really
2: yep.
0: i'm a thing again
2: all right yeah, absolutely good for him it's like a damn monster movie oh yes <laughs> I don't do it nearly as good as Uncle Todd. But. Apollo Creed versus Italian style. It's like a damn monster movie. <laughs> I
1: love it.
2: That's how it is. That's how it's going to be. Indeed. And speaking of monster movies, <laughs> I like it, Apollo. It's very American. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: Which, I mean, the the promote uh. that
0: that movie. I mean, I know we're going into, you know. Well, actually, no, we are talking about Rocky uh rocky one and we'll be talking maybe about a a sequel later on but indeed that promoter was money in the bank oh yeah in that movie for like the the 10 minutes of screen time he had just perfect
2: perfect yep yep anyways
0: you were saying monster
2: and speaking of monster movies (sighs) well we thought we got rid of him but he's back Vincent Kennedy McMahon decided to take 2023 and make it his vengeance tour. Good Lord. Holy moly. Um, Where do you want to start on this one, sir?
0: Um, I just want to crawl under my desk with a bottle of bourbon. That's where I want to start with this one. Um, Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Vince got himself, uh, you know, the board voted unanimously before to like, yeah, Mm -hmm. go, 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 go go away, go away. And uh, Vince still has more voting power than anybody else and managed to come back and vote himself back to being chairman of the board on the board that had just been a-okay with him walking away months ago.
2: Yes. And then (sighs) summarily dismissing or... I don't know if they were dismissed or, or resigned, but some of the board members that ousted him, of course, are no more.
0: Well, actually, two resigned recently, and one of them apparently was the person who was in charge of investigating all of his funny money uh, settlements. Mm-hmm. And I, I, those two, I know, resigned of their own free will. I yeah. think there was a couple of others that seemed to go a little quieter. <laughs> yeah. Just sort yeah. kind of, you know, oh, where's he? Oh, we won't be seeing him no more. Mm-hmm. Like they're out in the weeds somewhere. It's never yep. gonna find them., oh, but the story crazy. is crazy because
2: he he comes back, right? And you know. so since he's come back, what what the 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 narrative is kind of forming into is well, since uh, he's come back,
0: there's been chaos where before there was calm, right. you know, steady hand in the wheel and and Vince comes back and now we're back to chaos again.
2: Yes, and and apparently the way he justified his return is that he is an integral part of uh, any sort of sale of the company. And so mm. now it's looking more and more likely there is going to be uh, s- some buyer who is going to absorb uh, uh, WWE, uh, take it off. I don't know if it will take it off Vince's hands, but it will um, basically uh, purchase the company. Oh, well, would have
0: to, right? I mean, that's... That's what sale means.
2: Well, unless he remains a majority holder of whoever buys it, right? I mean, but who would if, who would who would do that? If well, if they take it private, then I don't think he could be. But no. I
0: don't know. I, I mean, don't know. but even if it's public, I mean, how how if you if you sell, mm-hmm. I mean, who would buy a minor stake? I mean, because apparently the number that I've heard, and I could be completely wrong in this, is that WWE is currently valued at six billion dollars which i mean i am I'm, I'm guessing that there might be i mean back a few years ago there were uh, or the last time i remember hearing this i think that like the dallas cowboys were were valued at like 2 or 3 billion dollars something yeah. like that yeah. i'm guessing that there is probably a, a, an nfl team or maybe a premier league team that would be valued somewhere in the neighborhood of 6 billion like not yeah. maybe not 6 billion but close enough you could at least have a discussion
2: right right
0: but why why would anyone buy and into a 6 i mean cuz it's a substantial probably, investment. Yeah. why would why would you buy into a non controlling yeah I'm, interest?
2: I'm i'm probably wrong i i just from the articles i've read and i didn't uh you know in in true form uh did not read uh, any preparation uh for the show so i apologize but um, I seem to recall reading that if a sale goes through, he would somehow still remain involved, but I don't know if that's like a condition unto which he sells. Uh, I'm not quite sure, but, yeah. um, but it's some of the interesting mess. things that have kind of come out of it is, um, you know, there's been rumors that, uh, you know, uh, Saudi Arabia, uh, Arabian princes might be purchasing it, which may be problematic because I think there are some outspoken, you know, wrestlers, um, well, as that would, would Sami
0: Zayn right yeah. away, he's not yeah. even allowed in the country, right? So, I, I don't
2: know if it's he's not allowed. He choose like, he's pretty. No, I,
0: I believe that he's not. I believe that they have basically said he's not welcome in the country. Ah, uh,
2: okay. Oh, I, I thought it was the other way that he just chooses not to. I know Daniel, when Daniel Bryan was with the company, he was another one, I think, who refused. Um, Because just, you know, on on principles. Um, But what has been kind of crazy over the last week or weekend was uh, now Tony Khan of AEW is rumored to be, uh, or at least part of a buying group. It's more
0: shod. It's more daddy's, more of daddy's money. Yes. Which, I mean, that's got to be kind of a just, I mean, I, I can see that there might be some interest. But to me, that's like mostly like headline grabbing interest yeah like do you really think that you think that Shad, who i mean he, he i mean because he's the one funding this like tony you know pulled the whole like you know uh uh you know uh oh my gosh why am i not i'm not i'm i'm blowing this the, the he pulled the prodigal son he's like give me my inheritance now you know you know sort of thing so he can go do his wrestling company yeah know. um and you, i mean you really think shad's going to be like yeah hey let's go all in on wrestling yeah i've only got a, a premier league you know soccer team and the jaguars sure let's go in, all in on the wrestling I don't well know that but he i wants mean you're, that you're
2: going from building a company or trying to keep a company going to buying you know what is essentially a f- entire fan base and product that apparently no matter what you do to nuke the product people hang around so yeah, as, as Vince has shown us the last few years. But I mean, you're—I don't, me, like don't know. To me, it just—it sounds like
0: a—I don't know. To me, that just doesn't smell like it's going to be a thing. But yeah, you got the Saudis. You've got the cons apparently. Yep. Then there's the folks who hold the contracts for WWE TV, which to me makes the most sense. Yeah. Or 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 a conglomerate like Disney, which would be really weird. Um, but then again, I mean, corporate-wise, sh- they could distance themselves far enough from the product, you know, that, right. they could probably be fine, but.
2: And shockingly, it was, uh, it it was reported that uh, I believe the ratings, you know, like, like for Fox and what they, for the investment they made Mm -hmm. to have uh, SmackDown on their channel um, has not paid off. And, and, and I think part of the motivation of the sale is, and I, I'd like us to take a little credit here because we talked about this, I think going back a year or a year and a half, but. Uh, when we were just disgusted with the state of the product and what was going on with it, you know, we talked about the fact that he, yeah, they have this great TV deal right now when it comes up for renewal. I don't know that it's going to be so great because they're doing pretty crappy. And well, yeah, I've, shockingly I've... that seems to be one of the motivators for the sale is the TV deal doesn't look like it's going to be as lucrative coming up. So.
0: Yeah. Which is, I, I think the thing I read was that SmackDown has the lowest per minute advertising rate yeah. uh, for, for, fox and it's like in a prime spot
2: yeah oh yeah
0: which is a little bizarre
2: yeah yeah hey, so you know it's it's just it's so bizarre and surreal and and you know as you and i were kind of getting back into the product you know we we, we, we kind of went back and had a, a survivor series roundup show that we did and you know we're, we're on the cusp of doing a royal rumble one um it, it's just like it, it's a very vince thing to see him come back cause a bunch of chaos like you put it and just ruin the product for everyone like it's just a very vince thing to do it's like oh know, yeah i'm vince mcmahon i'm gonna you you guys like what's going on here i'm gonna come in and screw it all up because i'm vince mcmahon well it's got to be his idea <laughs> of course you know? of course
0: yeah and actually so it's funny uh, i was watching uh brian zane's uh wrestling with regret uh, YouTube channel today and watching his mm. best things of 2002 in wrestling 2022 in wrestling and his best thing was Vince McMahon leaving and he had to interrupt his own video cuz then of course he had recorded this and then Vince came back so he has to break <laughs> into this video that is already done and edited and he oh, kind of just goes off yeah and and you know and yeah I mean it's it's to me the the worst part about this is that somebody who has I mean, we, there were always rumors, you know, just like there's rumors about a lot of folks, but with Vince, it made, it was much more believable yeah, because he was the king, you know, mm-hmm. a, he was a king of his company, didn't really have to answer to anybody. And also everyone who was working at for him was basically an independent contractor. he could get rid of any time. So, I mean, he wielded so much power over people. It's It's, it's ridiculous. And that, you know, this dude did some disgusting terrible yeah. things yeah. and yet is now back where he was before that's the oh, thing yeah. to me that is just so upside down about this whole thing
2: oh yeah yeah it, 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 absolutely 100% it's 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 less about the silliness that we've been kibitzing about for the last you know 10 minutes but that's the disappointing part. You know, it's like after all that has been said and done, and, and, you know, to have this happen now, and it's just, yeah, it's, it's really unfortunate. And, um, I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a ridiculous situation. And, you know, it's interesting. The articles around, you know, Stephanie, you know, Stephanie McMahon stepped down. Um, I think she was being co-CEO with Nick Khan, and so she's mm-hmm. she's fully out of the company now, apparently. And you know, Triple H uh, has been reassuring, I guess, on all the shows that you know they're all still in charge of creative, but who knows for how long? And
0: oh yeah, because Vince has said like, oh, I don't want to take over creative, pal. It's like, and you've been so honest and forthright so far.
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: just like you were gonna,
2: you know, go away. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> well, on that turd of a note. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you for bringing the room down. Appreciate
0: that. We're we're doing That's... great, you know, Mando and all that. And here, just a yeah. turd in the punch bowl. Thank you. Indeed.
2: Well, that, my friends, is The Weekend
0: Geek. All right. Well, smoke me if you got him. I guess. Uh, not really sure where to go with that. Hey, let's talk about some sequels. Indeed. Yay. Um. Anyways, yeah, so we are going to talk about some sequels. And this kind of came about out of our... Uh, our pre-production and our on-show discussion about, um, mm-hmm. a Christmas story, Christmas, and kind of talking about how that was, I would contend it's, it's 75% sequel, 25% reunion, you know, because those have been popular over the past couple of years. We had the, the Fresh Prince reunion. We had the, I think Martin did a reunion. Um, friends did a reunion show. There's probably about a half dozen others that I've missed. Um, but it, it, it is technically a sequel. Um, which is yes, and and was done very well, and there was a lot of good aspects. So it kind of got us thinking about okay, well, what makes a good sequel? And, yeah. and and by the same token, like what makes a really crappy sequel? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So we'll go into the crappy ones later because hey, those are more fun to just rip on. But first, yeah. we'll start off with the good. Which we need what, to after just talking about Vince McMahon. We need yes, a palate cleanser.
2: We do. Uh, well, one thing I do uh, just kind of want to throw in, in into this and get your thoughts on, because, you know, last episode we were talking about, you know, the the nostalgia thing. Like you said, there's the reunion bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as I was thinking about it over the week, it, it, it kind of occurred to me, too, like, like if I thought about that movie from the perspective of Like My Sons, mm. they found it funny
1: mm-hmm.
2: and they liked it. And 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 you know thought thought it was it was better than they were expecting. But I feel like when I'm watching it, or like when you're watching it, I think there are, are emotional notes that are hitting you and I in a very different way than it is for them.
0: Oh, certainly, um, yeah.
2: And and I'm thinking specifically about um, when he's writing, you know, the whole sequence when when he finally plops down and starts writing about the old man. Yeah. And, and especially when you, you know, you see him kind of take the glasses off and, and, and he's having kind of an emotional moment and, you know, and then he puts them back on and keeps writing and stuff like that. Like, I do think in some ways w- your phase of life, obvious, and, and it's probably an obvious statement because it's, it's the foundation unto which pop culture has, has been born, built and and grown. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and it's different phases of life will, will, you know, the content will resonate differently and so, uh, so, so, I do think you know that kind of plays a bit of a role in it is is kind of meeting the audience where they are. um that I think is m- maybe uh, one of the ways when you know we talk about the heart of that particular sequel i I think that's where some of that heart comes from is is that it it just hits some chords for folks like you and I in our thirties and forties who have, you know, aging parents who have you know, kind of the world without the minute, you know, that you're kind of dealing with, you know, and, and, and how that feels. And I, I don't know that for my sons, that's top of mind, you know, cause, or, or for, you know, for your daughter is, is, you know, that's probably not top of mind because they're not thinking, well, you know, my, my dad's going to be gone tomorrow sort of thing. You know what I mean? Like, of course it could happen, but likelihood is low. Um, so anyway, so I, I just wanted to bring that in just around like how I, I feel like kind of the phase of life. You know, sometimes plays a role in, in how that resonates a little bit. Geez, it just,
0: just when I thought we weren't bringing the room down any further. And now I'm we're
2: sorry. Already, I'm just, you know, I'm just saying.
0: Thinking, couldn't think about her dad just dropping dead at any second. You know, like, oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to go have myself a nice cry and curl up in the corner. <laughs> Come uh, on now. But no, I, I you're absolutely right. Uh, your your time in, in your life does play a part in this, but it also has to do with. The amount of time that a a property or a character mm-hmm. has been in the cultural mishmash, you Zeitgeist. Know? Well, not necessarily because Zeitgeist is—I mean—feel is like it, that's kind of like the whole culture focusing on it. I just mean yeah, like things yeah. that have been around for a while.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, because the longer you kind of live with something and this isn't things that are just kind of go away. Like, yeah, I'm, I remember this thing when I was young and then it, then all of a sudden someone brings it up 30 years ago. I was like, I haven't given it to really two thoughts since then. I can't think about necessarily a, uh, a one-to-one comparison, but yeah, I yeah. mean, it, but there's things that kind of seem to come up and, and a Christmas story is one of those things. I could see elf kind of becoming one of those things over the years.
2: Oh yeah. yeah.
0: Where, you might already have actually but you know it, a christmas story kind of became this thing because when we were in college i mean that movie had been out for a while yeah but at that point it, they started rerunning it like doing yeah. marathons and it was like every single year mhm and it's just become that thing and it doesn't because it is a christmas movie mm-hmm. it comes around every year like you've got a you've got a reminder every single year mm-hmm. of this oh yeah hey that movie ralphie yeah this and so mm-hmm. it has this not only does it have shelf life, it's it's not getting dusty or it doesn't get as dusty on the shelf because you're yeah. taking it down once a year. Yeah. Um, so I think that has something to do with it, too. Yeah. Um, most sequels don't have that. Mm-hmm. They don't. But they do have kind of this life, especially if it has a really good rewatchable factor or if it's one of those things that is just a kind of yeah. once in a generation character or or. You know, or a director, for instance, or yeah. um, or a story, or is just it becomes a film masterpiece. Uh, you know, with the either the original or, in a very rare instance, one of the examples we'll have, the sequel becomes considered a a masterpiece. Yeah. Um, yeah. and that kind of gives it some more legs, and and then sometimes sequels are just that they just they're just the second movie or the third movie or they're they're a yeah. continuation of the story, but. But yeah, the time of your life of when you initially watch the movie and then mm-hmm. when you're watching a sequel or when you're rewatching or becoming acquainted with those characters again totally plays into it. Yeah. Um and also when, the amount of kind of hang time it has in culture mm-hmm. also plays a part in it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And 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 that's the thing about the sequel is that you know, it, it I don't know if it'll become to the point of, you know, potentially getting worked into the rotation of, of the yearly, you know, play that, that, that happens with, with mm. uh, a Christmas story. But, um, but yeah, it's, it, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, one, one thing I wanted to bring up to a few qualities that, that I kind of jotted down around sequels being done right. And, and using this, this particular one as, as kind of the object is, you know, there, there weren't really any stakes in this, but it was, it was definitely, um, I think one of the things that did really well and what makes, I think a sequel good is when you know it it may touch on some themes from the original but it's not trying to retread everything it's not trying to redo a gimmick um
0: yes or if it if it does do that it needs to either be kind of an homage in, yeah. in the case of like a sequel that is coming many years afterwards like this one yeah or it needs to it needs to be a twist there needs it needs to be some sort of a joke or a callback yeah. not so much like a retread yeah yeah
2: Yeah. And like, like one thing I liked, you know, and you saw it in the trailer was, you know, we saw, you know, kind of the adult Scut Farkas and, you know, we were like, how on earth are they going to work, you know, Scut Farkas into this and what are they going to do? And, and I thought they did a really nice job where it was, you know, you, you saw kind of, you know, the adult version of him wearing the goofy, you know, raccoon hat and, and doing the stupid laugh and everything. But, you know, at, at the end of the whole like scene with him where he's telling Ralphie how, you know, when, when he kicked his rear end, he's like that, that was kind of the turning point for me to kind of, you know, think a little differently about my life. And, and, you know, he, he's like, I was a, I was a terror. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I, I, you know, again, I just thought it was kind of interesting where it wasn't like they tried to show us, you know, Scott Fark is still wearing the stupid hat just as an adult and doing something to Ralphie, which is, you know, sometimes what happens in sequels, you know, <laughs> Loops Brothers 2000. Um, but, uh, yeah. uh you know what I mean like like it, Well but I, you
0: you want to see progress from the
2: characters. Exactly. Well, and and it, you use it, the, use a, the term reunion, right? And and so yes. I thought that was an appropriate way to bring him in and yeah, and like you said, show some growth.
0: Yeah. I mean, you you either want to see that character progress or if they're going to be the same, there needs to be a good reason. Yeah. There yeah. needs to be a good reason why that character has not moved and that can create an interesting wrinkle in the story
2: mm-hmm. it
0: just you just can't you know or well you can because many have like all of a sudden like this the second movie is kind of a reset and now everyone's back to where they were before you're like well w- wait a minute it's like you know th- things happen in the first movie and then all of a sudden the second movie or third movie or whatever oh it's just everyone's back to where they were haha yeah, yeah. no and there's no logical reason for it like they're there has to be some sort of logic in there and it has to tell a story. It has to give part, part of the story. Yep. You know, it has its its own piece in the story to tell.
2: Yeah. Uh, a couple other qualities I threw in there, a story depth expansion of the, uh, the story's world or universe uh, adding, we just talked about adding layer, another layer to existing characters, introducing compelling new characters, um, maintaining some character art consistency, you know uh, not having characters kind of go off the rails of, of what, has been kind of you know established about them, you know, showing growth clearly, but also not having them you know do kind of a one eighty in in a way, and 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 we'll get into this in some of the 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 ones that were not done right, um, but uh, but yeah, just just some uh, just 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 some thoughts on uh you know just some properties, qualities, characteristics of these uh of of these uh great great sequels that we will go through in just a moment.
0: Yes, indeed, I agree completely. Why don't you kick us off? Well, uh, so right, we kind of went with what we go with. Uh, we went with three because we're trying, to, we're trying to keep this show under six hours. We'll see. Two AM, how it goes.
2: folks. We're gonna be done at two AM.
0: <laughs> Don't put a pot of coffee on. Um, <laughs> of course, the the first one I picked is and I would argue, I would argue slightly in the other direction. But many people feel that this is probably one of the very few times when you could say that the sequel actually exceeds the original. I have heard many people give a great argument for that. I'm not going to dispute it because I think it's their, The original and the sequel are both so good. It literally comes down to preference. Yeah, there's there's not much you can argue back and forth about craft, about story, about cast, about acting, any of it that it really gives that much of an edge to either one. Mm hmm. I think it literally comes down to just one—one one you just like better than the other, and that's just it. And and it's not necessarily something that you know tells a great it tells this huge story about you. It's just that's the one you like. Um, and I'm yeah. going to go with uh, here, of course, the Godfather Part Two. Um, Amen. It, it's I would argue I still enjoy Godfather One more than Godfather Two. However, mm. it is one of the very few sequels that you could make a compelling and legitimate and logical argument for it being superior to the first one solely because of how good Robert De Niro is as young Vito Corleone and how mm. good Al Pacino is as the progression of Michael Corleone yeah and then you have you know supporting cast and and story and all that and 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 we and, and, uh, have all of that but it is such a great movie because you have, you have a continuing. You manage to get this continuing story of Michael and and what he's trying to do for the family. What he's what he's really attempting to do, which builds off of where he was heading. Excuse me, my God, I, I can't edit that. That's like a, that's like an iguana crawling out of my throat. <laughs> um. <laughs> lemon polar seltzer let's get an endorsement for that
1: um
0: good lord but that idea it's building off of the first movie like you can see a line Mm. from the first movie going right into the second movie where michael is and then we also get these these really good flashbacks which are to don't feel ham-fisted that's the thing like so many flashbacks can feel that they're just mashed in there because it's lazy writing whereas because the Godfather itself, the first movie was such an epic tale. Mm-hmm. Even though it is kind of, I mean, if you look at it, it is a little bit of a small family tale. But it, it because it takes place in like this epic sort of way, um, that you get into the second movie, and it's like, well, of course we're going to have this, these long flashbacks because the movie is already it has to be bigger than the first one. Mm -hmm. in order to even you know step out of its hope to step out of its shadow um all those flashbacks are great because now you're you're informing the first movie you're filling in blanks all of that and and they have such a a maintenance a maintaining of the flavor of the first movie like it's it is just perfect in terms of tone first to second movie um and, but yet it also has enough of its own – there's a there's enough little spice thrown in there that you're like, oh, oh, but I can tell this is different. I can tell time has moved on. I can tell we're in a different period. But there's enough there that, again, like you can see the through line right into it. And, of course, I mean you have Coppola at the height of his powers. You have Pat Pacino at the height of his – I mean you have so many people at like their peak mm-hmm. in, in terms of acting, directing – cinematography all of this stuff is just like there's so many people who are just like at the apex of their profession and they're making this movie yeah well
2: damn yeah
0: (laughs) you know as our as our good friend ron simmons would say damn
2: yeah yeah (laughs) i i would say with two it's it's coppola you know taking storytelling almost not almost to just taking a next level i mean it the the movie is so dense, and and yet it doesn't feel it doesn't feel dense. Um, mm-hmm. With the parallelism of the rise of Vito and the fall of Michael, and how you know how just artistically well done it is, where you know Vito's rise to power is not necessarily just you know solely based on menace and the the, the outward um. Execution of of whatever power he's amassing, it's actually quite the opposite. Vito's power comes from the, you know, the the fact he's he's almost like a Robin Hood in a way. Mm -hmm. And getting to a place where people respect him and know what he's capable of because of the evil that he deals with. And then you have Michael, who is on, you know, kind of the reverse course where he's doing everything possible to become legitimate and is basically selling his soul in the process mm-hmm. and, and, and falling into more and more disarray as, as he is outwardly using his power in every way, shape or form um, to, you know, to bend all those around him to his will. And so, I mean, I just, uh, that's why I think it's like next level because it's like Godfather one did phenomenal storytelling of, you know, kind of the passing of the torch and, 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 and Michael's, you know, getting kind of not so much falling, but getting drawn into the family. And now you have, you know, just just that 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 empty blank stare after after Fredo is is killed at the very yeah. end. I I thought that was one of the greatest shots in in I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah, is is just that completely silent zoom in on his face, and you realize this guy has no soul moving forward. Well, and then you think about another thing I didn't mention. Like you can you
0: like they did not try to. Um, they did not try to course correct Vito Corleone's early life, like you say, yeah. he's more of a Robin Hood. But they don't try and make him out to be a different character. Like you can totally see young De Niro, mm-hmm. Vito Corleone, mm-hmm. and Marlon Brando, older Cole uh, Vito. Like there is a cleverness. There yeah. is a you know, like use your head. Like right. I'm 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 thinking ahead, but you can tell like this is a guy who he could go soft because he's not ruthless because he's not as ruthless as other people. He's
2: just, he's just a little bit ahead of them and he's clever or doesn't seem ruthless. But when he goes back to Sicily, well, Oh no, totally. I mean, he he, takes out the Don, like now, you know, like he, he is as vicious, like he's vicious, but he's, but to your point, he's, he's almost like grand Admiral Thrawn. He's a strategist. Well, he's a strategist, and he's he can be emotional, but he knows
0: how to contain that and when yeah. to use it. Right. He's not like some of the, some of the other bosses who might let things fly out of hand. Yeah. But because he does still have heart, he does still have soul. You can yeah. see where he would get soft. Whereas Michael, like you say, by the end of the uh, of this movie, he, you look at him and you're like that dude's vacant. He's given up mm-hmm. everything now. Yep. You know Everything. What, what what kind of a man is this cuz i mean like Mike, <laughs> like like vito told him a man who doesn't a man who doesn't spend time with his family is not mm-hmm. really a man and here's a here's a man who has just ordered the execution of his brother
2: yep yep
0: what kind of a man is michael at the I, end of this movie and i just I, fantastic
2: yeah i i just rewatched creed 2 with my son and it, it, what I think is very applicable here is, is Rocky's question to uh, Adonis. Why are, why are you fighting? Mm. Why do you fight? And the answer, of course, once he gets his head screwed on right, is he's, you know, for his family and and, and their livelihood and that sort of thing. And and that is exactly the story here, is mm-hmm. Vito, at Vito's core is his family. At Michael's core is his power. And you see how one completely drains the other. And so Coppola just... I mean, it's 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 just it's such a masterpiece of a sequel. It 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 there's really nothing about it that even harkens back to the first movie, um, other than just you know kind of starting out with you know like an event and then kind of leading into the story. But after that, you know, the first twenty minutes, you know, ten fifteen minutes of it, it's a completely different track. With very, I mean, or, or sorry, when you get to the end, they they do kind of the the montage of whoever's getting you know kind of shot or, or killed or whatever based on you know the the chess match you know kind of wrapping up but <laughs> today i have settled all family business exactly and and out, outside of the okay so outside of the beginning the, the little bit of the beginning a little bit of the end all of it is just totally different and, and just very unique and so i think that's mm-hmm. one of the one of the reasons why it is it is such a masterpiece and widely regarded as as a uh, one of the greatest films
0: yeah and i mean i i think it quite honestly i, I couldn't think of a better sequel I yeah. really can't. Yeah, no. and, that, and that's no—that's no uh Shade at the others that are in this list, uh, mm-hmm. mine and yours. Mm-hmm. It's not too bad. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you got for for your uh, your uh so, first best people here?
2: Well, and, and and for the record, folks, Uncle Todd did his picks first, so of course he took all the good ones. So I'm I'm you know I feel oh, like all I'm...
0: good ones. You've got three bangers right here. So uh, all right. Well, I might have I might have a problem with with your third one here, but we'll see.
2: Oh come on now. Champion of the world, uh, <laughs> good old Mister T. Okay, yeah, just go ahead and spoilers. Anyways, uh, the Dark Knight. Yes, uh, is is my uh, my my first pick. This one came to mind. I saw this in the theater with my wife. Um, was blown away uh, just by uh, and and quite honestly, I I think it stands out of the out of these three movies and. Probably a majority of what Marvel has even put out probably stands as one of the best comic book movies that has been put together. Um, this one, of course, uh, the the story of of Batman versus Joker, um, as uh, Batman played by Christian Bale, Joker by um, Heath Ledger, and just of course Ledger's just amazing performance of of the Joker in in a totally unique way. Just when people thought you couldn't get any crazier than what Jack Nicholson did, Ledger takes it to this just ridiculous level um, between, you know, the stories of how his face got all marked up to the way, um, as I like to put it, you know, his his the way he plays this agent of chaos who by the time you're about at the 75 percent mark of the movie, you come to realize a little bit uh, of, of, the impotency of Batman because of the rules he lives by and, and how mm. he exposes this in such a way. Um, you know, the way he, he corrupts, uh, who is considered to be the white knight, which, uh, which is, um, oh God, I'm forgetting his name. Harvey now. Dent. Harvey Dent. Thank you. Um, and, and the way he just, you know, kind of wreaks havoc across Gotham, you know, really do, you know, kind of a unique way of, of, of climaxing the movie, which is put, you know, Put two groups of people, prisoners and normal citizens, on two different boats. Give each of them a, a, a trigger to blow the other one up and see what happens. And I thought it was just kind of a, a just just a great morality play on on you know what what is goodness really about you know and 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 you know finding out that it's the prisoners who actually show more more sense than the citizens by not blowing them up. Um, so anyway, so I, I, I just thought it was just a very, uh, very well done movie. It, it was a different take. It it wasn't really none of it retreads on what happened in Batman Begins. It just it's a continue, you know, a continuation of of the story and of the growth of, um, you know, uh, Christian Bale's uh, uh, Bruce Wayne. And of course, it has Michael Caine's uh, f- phenomenal line of, you know, some men just want to see uh, the world burn.
0: That story, dude. <laughs>
2: oh, oh. oh, oh. A ruby
0: as big as a tangerine. Yes. I mean, oh my gosh, that's one of those things where it's like,
2: oh, come on, dude. And, and, and really has probably one of the bigger gut punches with, you know, the, the, the death of, of the Rachel character, you know, where, Mm -hmm. where you have this situation where they're both, you know, it's, it's a little bit of the Kobayashi Maru, except in, uh, in Gotham, uh, where, 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 uh, both Harvey Dent and, and she are in different areas and, and he's got them wired up to a bomb. And, you know, um, I, I was impressed by, you know, kind of the cojones it took to actually take out a main character like that, you know, and, and I, and I'm yep. not a, you know, I'm not deep reader of the comics. I don't know if that was already done in the comics and I, you know, that's my ignorance, but I was genuinely surprised by it. I, I thought, I think it gave it a lot of depth and is just genuinely a a really well done uh, well done sequel.
0: Yeah, and honestly I mean, this is no shade at Liam Neeson, but the cast. I mean, good god. I mean, yeah, you've got re- yeah. you got all the returning characters, Bale, Oldman, Kane, but then you add in Heath Ledger, mm-hmm. Cillian Murphy, Aaron Eckhart, I know I'm going to get probably blazed for this, but I think Maggie Gyllenhaal Gl- actually is a better Rachel.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, of course, we have you know Morgan Freeman returning, but just based on those added character, like uh, the the cast in this movie is outstanding. the 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 design, the look of the movie, I felt I felt was to me it, it was better. The yeah. first one it was it was trying to still kind of be. Um, it was still trying to be a little bit of um of the Tim Burton hmm. movies like it was trying to call back to that the subway and kind of the Garth- gothic architecture this movie to me felt like oh and we're dealing with like real life yeah it felt more like a real city as opposed to a comic book city which i was like that's tough to do and to make all of this work and it yeah. did
2: yeah totally did um, I was trying to think, uh, oh, sorry, I had a thought come to mind. I, um,
0: and I mean, and, and I would argue yeah, that, yeah, on. it's, it's probably better than yeah, like 95% of anything that Marvel did mostly because Christopher Nolan was not making a comic book movie. He was not making comic book movies. He was making like, he was making interstellar. It just dealt with, you know, a guy in a bat suit. He was making, uh, you know, memento, but it dealt with, uh, it's, it's, that he was just making movies whereas yeah. yeah marvel has a certain formula and a certain look and all that and they do it very well but yeah this is a different this is a this is a different animal entirely and this is where dc could have actually built off of this and been like no our movies are going to be this yeah. and we all know how that went
2: yeah oh the the thought i had was uh, was was two things one um you know, when you, when you were talking about the tone of it, just, just the, the, the music, you know, like how every time the Joker strikes, there's this sort of very tense kind of music that starts. Oh yeah. It's unsettling. You you know? Yeah. It's, it's unsettling. It it was intended to be unsettling, um, you know, done purposefully and, and also the ending. I, I, I thought it was a great, you know, when, when you go into a sequel, you, you wonder how is it going to, you know, build upon or be better than or, or grow, you know, from the first one. And w- what a phenomenal ending. It It isn't about Batman beating the Joker. It's about, you know, basically Batman and Commissioner Gordon having to now craft a lie. Mm-hmm. And Batman becoming, in some ways, you know, I don't want to say messianic, but I mean, he's taking the burden of dense sins upon his shoulders and going into hiding, basically. Yeah. And and you know, making himself to be the bad guy to to allow Gotham to have its justice and to be able to move forward. And so, you know, really deep for a comic book movie, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's kind of again not Chris what you would Nolan, expect.
0: He's not making a comic book movie, man. No, he's he's no. just making a flat out movie. Mm-hmm. And there is a difference. And and I'm not and I'm not i I'm not trying to throw shade at comic book movies. I love me some comic book movies. But when you throw in someone like Nolan, who is like, okay, I'll do it, but I'm doing it this way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he left you with some pretty heavy questions coming
2: out of that. Oh yeah.
0: It was oh, fantastic. Yeah. All right. So uh, next up for me, and uh, we'll try and run through these others a little bit uh, now that we've gotten through our high point here. Uh, but for me, another great example of a, of a really good sequel is aliens um, because it's it's the same universe gives you a completely different feel. And, it, you know, yeah. the first one is much more of sci fi kind of horror, very contained, whereas this is much more of an action flick. And and uh, as uh, as Mark Bernard had, had said, it's his favorite action flick. He thinks it's mm-hmm. one of the most perfect action flicks. And I would I tend to agree. It is a fantastic action movie in terms of like having some good set pieces, having some good really good sequences, um, but also having good dialogue, mm-hmm. character development in very economical ways. Um, but the actor but the way that they turn Ripley into even more of a badass, like she was a survivor you know. in the first movie. you know, she survived and made it out. In this movie, she goes from survivor, you know, kind of very traumatized survivor, dealing with a lot of you know i mean good god her you know her daughter's gone all the all the people she's gone like she's thrown into an area and, and is just a wreck and through that again a survivor and then an utter
2: badass green a
0: butt whoopa. i mean come <laughs> on <laughs> Just insane. And, and, and again, a movie that holds up even now pr- because mm-hmm. so many of the effects were done practically and done very well by James Cameron that you watch this now, you're like, yeah, there's very few times when you see something and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, this is, you know, 80s or whatever. You, know, you look at it now, you're like, damn, this looks good. Yeah. Real good. Like holds up better than some movies that were made like 10 years ago and this movie's what 30 mhm actually pr- coming up on probably coming up on close to 40 years old getting old Riggs. but i mean what else do you want from a from a movie as far as a sequel it progresses progresses the story gives you like, kind of like the next natural progression like oh hey this gigantic corporation finds out that there's this big bad killing machine what are they going to do oh well they're definitely going to make sure that everyone's safe no how can we make a buck off of this one? Perfect. And Paul Reiser. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Like, managing to make Paul Reiser into this kind of, uh, like, a bit of a menacing character in some ways. Uh, you know, kind of in a very Paul Riserish way in terms of his menace. Yeah. But, again, still great. And great cast. So many, you know, just, like, the characters. Again, like, you just you get the characters so right away. Man. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. Please. I'm just gonna back. Game
2: over, man. Game over. Yes. (laughs) That's just great, man. That
0: is great. Jeez. But yes, that is that is probably my uh, my number two uh, uh, selection for one of the best sequels ever. What do you got for yours, sir? Uh,
2: So my number two uh, is uh, as as we have talked in prior episodes uh, when we I think we ranked the Star Trek movies with Jimmy Dice uh did we do that yeah we did uh yes. star, star trek 2 the wrath of khan Cook. oh my god from hill's heart eyes, spit at thee <laughs> yes. ricardo Montalban. give him chewing an oscar chewing scenery chewing oh my it gosh oh uh. you weren't expecting to find us
0: <laughs> oh my god that entire sequence I've rewatched that movie since like, it's, like Ugh. when I first saw that, that entire thing of the, the thing going into their ear and all that. Oh yeah. Scarred me.
2: Yeah. Like I've rewatched that recently. Mm-hmm. I still can't watch that. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's very unsettling and very just hard to watch. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, but it's such a, such a great choice for, uh, for this list. Cause I mean, it's so good. And I mean, granted, You can you can make the argument that, you know, well, yeah, following up Star Trek, the motion picture is no big deal. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, if you have any action, it's (laughs) well, you're in good good stead. But no, I mean, Star Trek, the motion picture was a huge, huge deal, you know, at the time. And, And following it up again, almost like aliens, like you're going in a completely different direction. Right. In terms of the style of the movie.
2: Yeah. And, and, and turning it into, you you know, at at the, at the battle climax, turning it into basically like submarine warfare, you know, where you're basically lost in the nebula and, and they're just flying blind. Well, it's one of the first,
0: it's one of the first movies, like space movies that turns space into 3d, something that Battlestar Galactica did. Yeah. V- in, in such a way that we were like oh my gosh you haven't seen no we have seen this before we saw mm-hmm. it in star trek 2 i mean granted it wasn't as like fluid because they didn't have the technology at the time but that whole thing where you see like the reliant and the the enterprise like crossing over and under each other was like whoa yeah. like you just didn't see that everything took place in a very linear one way plain thing and yeah. in, in, in other yeah. movies even in even in like a you know like the star wars movies which were you know, for their time, incredibly dynamic, mm-hmm. it still didn't feel the same. Whereas like right. this just felt like, Oh, because it was in, yeah. it was using that 3d in a tactical way. Yeah. But yeah, total sub warfare. It was great. And you were going to say about the, about Kirk, I, I cut you well, off. Well, no, no.
2: And, and, and just, you, you know, from the beginning, leaning on a character that, you know, started with the original series mm-hmm. was, was unique in, in a way, right. Cause mm-hmm. it hadn't been done in a movie before. But turning it into this story about Kirk, you know, facing morality and facing the fact that he can't cheat his way out of the no-win scenario.
0: You mean mortality?
2: What what did I say?
0: Morality. Although, oh, I mean, sorry. with, the, with the Kobayashi Maru, I mean, there is a certain degree of morality in that too, as well. So I mean, Yeah, thank
2: you, thank you. You no, kind of have right. your
0: cake and eat it too there. Sure,
2: sure. No, no, I, I, I meant mortality yeah, because yeah, he sure, deals with sure. feeling, you know, old in the beginning versus, you know, feeling born again. and. You know, really, kind of, uh, or, or not
0: sugar-coated bones. Tell it, me what you really think.
2: Yes, yes.
0: <laughs> Such a Shatner delivery.
2: Oh my oh, gosh! Oh, and and let, lest we not forget, Khan, like a bad marksman. You keep missing the target. <laughs> oh, you know what? I would say, I
0: would, I would actually submit. This is the most Shatner performance of William Shatner's career.
2: Oh God, yeah! Especially when he yells, "Gone!" <laughs> I mean, he was like Shatner
0: on Eleven,
2: dude. Oh yeah, yeah. oh, it was, it's fantastic. And, the and then, of course, you have like
0: the you have the puffy like the red uniforms, which I know are yeah. a big favorite for Jimmy Dice, and uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. so many accessories in this. In this play.
2: Yeah, and and so you you know just had a lot of really interesting threads to it. Um, you know the the whole idea of the Genesis, you know, uh, uh, missile as as a way of of creating life. Um. Mm you know, was, was interesting, you know, Khan and what he was trying to do. I mean, it was a very, it, it felt in some ways like a very contained movie and, it, it, you know, cause it's just dealing with those groups of people and, and kind of the back and forth with Kirk and Khan, but then, you, you know, really the, the gut punch, the, the thing that I think, you know, for the movie watching audience that no one saw coming was, you know, having Kirk, facing the fact that he's going to lose something and it was the sacrifice of his best friend that allowed him to once again come out alive and 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 you know to live to see another day and yeah no one saw spock's death coming and the way it was done was so well done mm-hmm. um you know and just we've seen just, it done
0: many times since then in, yeah in different ways yeah totally
2: yeah and so no i mean it was just it was a very unique outing for the franchise and and really with this yeah, and I, I mentioned this last episode, but in this case, Star Trek: The Even Number Movies, much like, uh, unlike Indiana Jones, uh, the even number movies are the ones that do the best. And so, uh, you know, Star Trek: Ra- Two Rathacon was just just top notch in my book. So I I had to put this as as an example par exemplar of uh, of what a sequel should be.
0: Excellent, great choice, Thank absolutely you. great Thank choice. You. Thank
2: you. What about uh, you? That
0: was that was actually one that I kind of wrestled with a little bit. Uh, it wound up in the honorable mentions, but I I thought about that one quite a bit. I'm like, Ugh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, my my third movie is The Empire Strikes Back. Ah, yes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs>
1: the hate flow through you.
0: Irving Kirschner taking George Lucas's vision, and he managed to pretty much elevate every single aspect of it. The, yes, the the heart. He managed to add some humor, the style
2: of it, the relentlessness uh, of it. Yes. I like, I remember going to the movie theater with my dad to watch this and just like, I remember as a kid feeling this like uncomfortable hopelessness, like they're not going to win. Are they, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, it's like, it seemed inevitable. It seemed like they were going to, you know, kick out at two, so to speak, like in wrestling parlance, but no, no, uh, no, the hurt was being dropped on everyone in this one. So,
0: (laughs) yeah. And I mean, that's the thing, like it's even the moments that are kind of quiet, yeah. There is tension. There's tension under the whole movie. Yeah, And like, again, I think Kirshner managed to, uh, George Lucas has done a wonderful job in birthing this universe. However, just cause you, you started it and you came up with it doesn't necessarily mean you're the best person to do all of it. And yeah, this is the earliest example right here is that you have someone else come in and, make the arguably the best star wars movie Mm -hmm. and it ain't george it ain't the guy who created it it's the guy who took it next and you know and and if george gave him enough leeway too because you know i I believe if i remember right irving Kirshner was like one of his professors or something wasn't he or he might have george had a lot of respect for him i know that because he kind of just was like here you go
2: yeah and, well, and-
0: uh, it, it's just, it's so good. So good. And and like you say, like you, there is this dread and tension because at mm-hmm. the time when you're watching it, you don't know if there's going to be a third one. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't think they announced it like, oh, it's a trilogy. Because at that point, people like, a trilogy what? Like, that just didn't yeah. exist. That's not a thing. Right.
2: Yeah. You know, and, and similar to, to Wrath of Khan, it, it has one of the all time great twists in it, you know, I mean, Mm. Spock's death, I I guess wouldn't really be a twist. It's more of a shock, but, but it had this thing at the end that just is kind of a gut punch where you're like, Holy crap. You know, he's not just fighting the bad guy. He's fighting his father, you know? And so now it brings this whole other level into the story that, you know, was just not a dimension that any of us came into the theater with, you know, and, and, Mm -hmm. and you're like, Holy crap, what the heck just happened? Um, I will also say that this is the movie, you know, we talk about in in, in wrestling how how stars make other stars. This movie makes the Millennium Falcon, I just want to say. I think this is the movie that establishes the Falcon as the ship that all of us, uh, you know, fanboys of the 80s kind of grew up like, oh, that thing is the best. Um, Just because of of just all the ship sequences and stuff. I mean, it just just had some amazing, amazing um, sequences. Well, I mean, the movie
0: took place one third on the Falcon.
2: Yes, yes. I mean, <laughs> no. it's it's a chase for yeah. You're you're right. Two thirds of the movie is a chase. Yeah, and and until they get to Cloud City, and um, and so just you know all the stuff with with Han kind of being creative, you know, trying to outmaneuver them and stuff, and no, and everything speed. else was it's just, not my fault. Yeah. <laughs> not my fault <laughs> yeah and in the hyperdrive now becoming the least consistent or least reliable piece of the falcon now oh yes that was right.
0: just so great and carrie fisher's expression is yeah. oh so good
2: just and like dare, and dare we're i say die
0: too- and what was it uh it's actually it it, it. it makes me think of Gamora's line: "I'm gonna die surrounded by the biggest idiots in the entire galaxy." <laughs> like that is literally the thought going through Carrie Fisher's like through Leia's head as in the cockpit of the Falcon. Like ah, part of our title track, actually. I this believe. is how it's going to
2: end, huh? Indeed, indeed. Um, I I do want to say too, not not to uh, sound sacrilegious toward the uh, Church of Star Wars, but um, do want to say too. I think one of the elements that makes this a quality sequel. Um, Return of the Jedi still, you know, in my mind, a, a great movie, nonetheless, that it includes this. But this movie didn't have the Death Star in it. Mm-hmm. And and I think the lack of it was one of the things that made it a, a, a very, very good movie. And I'm kind of curious if we didn't have to keep going back to the planet killing machine well so many times, what Star Wars could have been, you know, um, just just speculating, you know, because because I feel like Irving Kirshner in this one. Um, you know, starting off with the relentlessness of the assault on Hoth, the escape of the rebels. Um, Oh yeah. We didn't even mention Hoth, like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, starting the movie in a totally different way than how the first movie started having the whole Luke and Yoda thing going on where Luke Mm -hmm. is like, we're now seeing Luke being transformed before our eyes as, as he's learning the ways of the force and, you know, coming to discover that you know, by the end of the movie, there's kind of a reason why his face was in the Darth Vader mask when he had his vision <laughs> and uh, yeah, no kidding. It was, it was just incredible. So, I mean, d- you know, similar in some ways, you know, I'm not saying it's at the same level as Godfather part two, but there, there's dimensionality and depth to it. Oh, the totally and, yeah. and the lack of having some sort of planet killing machine you got to go destroy was actually a welcome change. And so, uh,
0: although it does set up, that second planet killing machine because i mean you you do kind of get to this point where it's like oh yes and now we're going to try and do this other thing i i i I mean i i i I kind of wonder though i'm just
2: saying i kind of wonder that's all
0: oh no i and that's a that's a debate for another day but it yeah yeah the fact that you managed to end on a downer but yet with just enough hope yeah you know yeah totally Phenomenal so what do you pixel. got for your uh, what do you got for your third best? So sequel here?
2: my third uh, best sequel was Rocky Three, um, ah. and and I say Rocky Three because this was the movie, and and I know it's going to sound sacrilegious to say this, but this was actually my first entry into Rocky. I, I didn't see Rocky One. I, I happened to see Rocky Three. It was airing on TV, and my my dad was yeah. Because we of the discussed movie.
0: this with Mel. This was right. this was your gate. This is your Rocky gateway drug. It,
2: it was and and. You know, it's funny when I think of this movie in in a lot of different ways. It's it's kind of uh, you know to take a gorilla monsoon phrase. It's kind of like poetry in motion in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, there there there's a there's an artisticness to the matches. There's um, you know a, a compelling story going on with a champion or or an athlete struggling with you know loss and 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 with all the questions that 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 come with with uh, you know the kind of beating he takes at the hands of Clover Lang. Um there is um you know the the matches as unrealistic of a boxing match as they are because quite you know, I was I was you know, I was watching Creed 2, like I mentioned with my son. And and one of the things I like with Creed 2 is I feel like the matches are a little more realistic in the sense that there's a strategy being employed by the fighters as opposed to them just just swinging at each other. You know, Mm -hmm. like there's ducking, there's you know, toe to toe, there there's there's you know, putting pressure on on the fighters. In Rocky Three, it's 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 amazing choreography. It is amazing, amazing choreography, especially the last match. It is I, I can never not watch that last match, whether it be on YouTube or when I see it on TV. That the second clubber laying Rocky fight is just uh, so much fun to watch, and the energy that I feel when I watch it is always there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, but one of the great parts of the movie is. And you know each of these sequels has you know we've talked about it, has a little twist or a little you know curveball in it. Is the pairing up of Apollo Creed as his manager, yep. and 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 you know shockingly you know much like the Spock death was a shock in Star Trek Two, Mickey's death was a shock in in Rocky Three. Like you just didn't see it coming, and it and it really brought kind of a, a I don't want to say it, it it caused there to be high stakes, but but it, it kind of inter- Like I saw this as a kid again with with my dad. And I just remember feeling like super shocked by the whole thing. Like you, like you just didn't see good guys die. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like that just wasn't a thing. And so it was, a it, it, that memory of that always stuck with me because it was just such a shocking thing. But, but the story of, of how, you know, your, your rival becomes you're almost like your best friend um, was just such a neat dimension to it that uh, you know, that, that you didn't see coming and and just made it, that much better of a movie so that's one of the reasons why why i really enjoy it it's it just got this great and, and mr t is clubber lang is phenomenal I, mm. I i when i watched it with with my son we he was he just started laughing when 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 lang won the title and he's sitting on his manager's shoulders and he's like i'm the champion of the world uh, uh. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like we're both cracking up like who would do that you know I mean? just, mr t would do that mr t would do it indeed how about you sir your thoughts on this
0: well, I was going to, you know, I I did say that I would have some disagreement. And it's it's a minor disagreement because I and here's the way that I look at it. I my gut is to have Rocky 2 as I see as the sequel. However, and I think I even said this in our Rocky episode with Mel that really Rocky 1 and Rocky 2 almost form one movie. Yeah. Between yeah. like the replay of the end of Rocky 1 that is the opening of Rocky Two, and the way that it picks up almost immediately after the fight.
2: Yep, yep.
0: And the fact that there is a lot of, like, kind of character-building dead space in the middle of Rocky Two. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, it really does feel like an... Ex- if you took that entire movie, those two movies and mashed them together as one big... I don't know how long the run time would be probably like what, four hours, three and a half, four hours. Yeah. You would still, you'd be able to then redivide it into three acts and it would work. Yeah. So that yeah. in that way, Rocky three does make more sense as a sequel because Rocky one and two almost feel like it's just, there ought to be an intermission in, in between them. And then you just, yep. you're right into the second half of the movie, which is the second movie. Um, That's the only nit I have to pick. Uh, and it's not even really a nit. I, Rocky 3 is a great flick because it really does give you like that yeah like Rocky is very disillusioned in this movie in the same way that he is kind of in 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 2 when when Adrian is in the coma. Yep. And he's his illusions of like what's going on and anyway. right. but in 3 his illusions of like who he is and he finds out like yeah I've just been fighting tomato cans. Right. And I I've, I've been just going up against these guys and and Mickey has been protecting me and now he isn't protecting me anymore. Like that whole thing is, is, is a whole new journey and, and he's questioning and it really everything. works. He, yeah. He, and he, it, he
2: questions everything now because he's, you know, he feels like he's soft because he's a champ and he's, you know, as, as Creed says, you know, you've, you've lost your edge. Yep. We which got to find that edge.
0: back at the, at the, sp- at the spot of the first movie where he's yep. like, I don't think I can win. Or yep. even when he gets offered the fight in the first place and he refuses it. Yep. But the thing is, it's not, redoing the first movie it's doing it in a different way where now he's he's doubting for a entirely different reason yeah like he's been at the top and now it's like well was i really at the top right what is what is going on yeah so it's this whole other thing that puts you puts you back in a similar spot but it does it for a really good narrative reason that is actually a little bit more layered than what you would normally give a, a movie like this credit for
2: yeah Lest we not forget, it introduced into the lexicon, Mental Irregular. And oh gosh. <laughs> the greatest line by Apollo. No, I shouldn't say the greatest line, but one of the great lines from Apollo Creed. Stallion, you fight great, but I'm a great fighter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> ding, ding. Oh, love you, Apollo Creed. Love you, brother. <laughs>
0: uh, well, we got a couple of honorable mentions because that's just we what we do. Let's just blast through these. And it's will be easy for mine because uh, half, most of mine are ones that you pick. So, I mean, Jesus. really- I had the dark knight as well, Star Trek II, Wrath of Khan, yep. Rocky 2, uh, which we just discussed. However, one that bears like just an extra moment of mention, Terminator 2: Judgment Day. Ah, yes. Holy crap. That yes. movie was I mean, we talk about blockbusters now. T2 was was the because there, there were blockbusters before that. I mean, I think arguably, yeah. I think they said Die Hard is for is like the first summer blockbuster movie. Mm. Um however, t two like took whatever people what their preconceived notions of a blockbuster were and blew them out of the water because the movie was so huge, had an enormous budget for the time, and had groundbreaking special effects, all of this stuff. And then it made all the money when it came out. yeah. And this off of a movie, I mean, Terminator was, you know <clears throat> was a good movie and was received well, but it wasn't it didn't like, it wasn't one of those things that like everybody on the planet knew about. Yeah, this yeah. was you know T two everybody knew about. Yep, and uh, and 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 no coincidence. Linda Hamilton, much like Sigourney Weaver in uh, in Aliens, went from the survivor to utter badass. Yes, uh, in in that movie. Uh, gee, I wonder you know if James Cameron has kind of a <laughs> a methodology at Indeed. that time in his career. Indeed. What do you got for honorable mentions, sir?
2: Uh, so mine are, uh, Indiana Jones and the last crusade. That is a, a great, mm-hmm. great sequel, uh, in that trilogy. Junya, uh, uh, Creed two, uh, which I, I as I have mentioned it twice now, I watched over the weekend, uh, feel it's a, it is a solid sequel. Um, interesting concept that plays off of, uh, the son replicating in a way the, the mistakes of the father, if you will, um, mm-hmm. and in his motivations, but, Um, but tells a really great story of the father-son dynamic. And really, um, you know, we've talked about this before, really brings a very interesting dimension to to Ivan Drago and and, and his relationship with his son. Um, Kind of wish they spent a little more time on it. And I think when we talked about this in one of our episodes, I I brought up there's a great deleted scene that should have been included in the movie um, where Creed sits and talks with Drago's son. And and it's, it's just a... To, to me that that would have been the cherry on top of this i really wish they included it because it just mm. it really kind of brought that that heart to that relationship but anyways uh creed 2 great movie star wars episode 3 mm. um i i put this one because this is really kind of the payoff of, of the entire reason of the pre of, of the prequels i mean that, this is what everyone came to see this was the main event and without even knowing the what
0: side. the prequels were at that point yeah yeah.
2: So, no, just, just, I, I thought it was a, a very focused and, and pro, and definitely one of the best movies from, from, from the prequels. So, uh, and then I had Star Trek four and six. As I mentioned, the even number Star Trek's always seem to do very well. Mm-hmm. Um, those, those movies are, uh, four is kind of like a. Wait a minute. Oh, wait,
0: wait, wait. You're going to mention Star Trek six and you're not going to do your line?
2: Uh, what, oh, what line is that? Sorry.
0: Isn't that Cry Havoc?
2: Oh, so, yeah. Oh, I thought, or, I was thinking about, you, um, the the other one in my head was when Kirk kind of walks into the room and he's like, Once again, we've saved civilization as we know it. Yeah, no, no.
0: I was waiting for you to do your cry havoc. Cry havoc Let slip the dogs of war. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> Thank you, Jimmy. All right. Uh, <laughs> I, wonder if, I wonder if he actually knows that he's still living on the show, even when he's not here. We're going to pay know. him royalties, we'll, actually. Love
2: we'll to ask him. Uh, and then lastly, uh, the follow-on from Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, which uh, you know continues the the story 10 years later of the aftermath of what happens with uh, with the Joker. And well done uh, sequel there as well. Was it 10 years? Uh, it, Eight or ten years, but oh, wow. there was a significant amount of time that passes between Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises.
0: I think Dark Knight Rises gets a bit of a bad rap because yes, and 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 I think Batman Begins as well because I think you know Dark Knight just overshadows those movies so much because uh, because of Heath Ledger's performance, yeah, being you so trans. the darkness.
2: I was born in it. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Uh, well actually that was more like a Sean Connery bane. Yeah, you're
2: it. you're right. That is a little more Sean Connery.
0: That's a you adopted a darkness. I was born in it. Money penny. <laughs> Things in here don't react well with bullets. Um, anyways, uh but because Dark Knight was such a great movie, yeah uh, transcending comic book movies, transcending even what Christopher Nolan did with comic book movies argue i mean without question in my mind the, the best of the three movies yeah batman begins is really good just the same way as dark knight rises i think is really good as well i think it it's it is a very to me satisfying end for that trilogy Oh and yeah, that's a oh, that's a gosh. tough thing to do. I mean, people don't don't think about that. Like, oh, you know, it's always like this. It's the second movie. that's always the best. This and that. And yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, because guess what? You get to set up every. You get to pay off some things, but then you, it's all set up. Yeah, and you yeah. get to really like just torture characters and throw them into like the crappiest positions and yeah. all of this. Landing that thing, which I mean, I I gotta. I'll admit, Return of the Jedi, overall, like, yeah, it's good, but I wouldn't it's i don't even think it wound up my top 5 in our star yeah. wars ranking but it i think will, we need to
2: redo that I, I it landed the plane i unnaturally rated rise of skywalker way too high so yeah but uh you know but it's oh they stuck the landing on this not just for the movie but for oh, the yeah. trilogy yeah and for, that's for and that's a that is a difficult thing to do again
0: not just a, for the for the one movie but for mm-hmm. three movies yes. and they did it and did. you get you get some extra credit for that Anyways, I just wanted to say that before we uh, before we moved on. I was, well said. And it well always said. bugs me about, you know, like, oh, yeah, Dark Knight is kind of lame. Like, shut up. Did anyone ask you to make a Batman movie? I didn't think so. Moving right along. Yes. Uh, so now we're going to the other side of the tracks. <laughs> Here's um, how not to do this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, so sequels done wrong. And mm-hmm. we're going to, uh, much as the the best of. Uh, the way to do it right, we have a case study here. And this case study is uh, Blues Brothers 2000. Oh, yes. Dear oh, God, yes. if you could just take all of the things that are bad with sequels, this pretty much represents all of them. Like just, hey, let's just redo the first movie. Let's. I mean, I
2: mean basically.
0: Yeah, yeah, let's replace the cast. Let's kind of just redo the story. And we'll we'll change things up a little bit, mostly just by putting them in opposite situations. So now, instead of like finding a, uh, finding a guy at a greasy diner, they run a Mercedes dealership. Mm-hmm. Instead of, you know, this, it's, it's this. It's like, oh, yeah.
2: oh, come yep. on. Putting the band together, getting out of prison. I mean, literally doing every gimmick yeah. that was and, done in the first movie. And, and just- the
0: entire time, just taking a gigantic dump on the grave of John Belushi, yes. which was wretched.
2: And not to mention, and and the, w- one of the most non climactic climaxes that happens in the movie, which is this weird blues con for like concert in some mm. voodoo part of like you know New Orleans or something, and and really is just a concert, and then the movie ends. And yeah, I distinctly remember watching Dan Aykroyd on it's like a morning talk show or something, and. He's talking about how, oh yeah, we had the, you know, the, all, all our, all our families were there. We had this great time. We got to meet all the musicians and and just jam and stuff. And I'm like, well, that's great, Dan. You had a jam session. Me yeah. as a moviegoer, that was like, what kind of an ending was that?
0: <laughs> well, it's the same as like when you, when, when people would say, well, oh no, George Lucas was making those those prequels for his kids it's you can make home movies for your kids george you could actually pay to have people make a a really expensive home movie for your kids don't inflict it on the rest of us um the the one thing i will say is that the only part of blues brothers 2000 that is worth a tinker's damn is the soundtrack soundtrack enough is like i would say 70 to 75 maybe 80% killer yeah as opposed to the first soundtrack which was like 95% to 100 arguably 100% killer all killer no filler mm-hmm. there's stuff on the 2000 soundtrack that's meh, but yeah i no,
2: mean no 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 growth of characters no no growth of, no. of the story universe no, no dimensionality no depth nothing and you know, I know some would say, well, it's the Blues Brothers. What, what do you mean? But it's like, okay, but the first one kind of resonated for a reason. You know what well, I mean? You like, take it,
0: the, it, well, the thing is you violate the character of Elwood. All of a sudden now Elwood yeah. is the lead. Yes. And that doesn't work. Elwood is not the lead. Yes. And and that's one of the things you can't do. You can't violate the character. It's, it's what we talked about in, like, Godfather 1 godfather yeah. 2 like they didn't go back and try and remix Vito. yeah you just saw an earlier version that was Character actually
2: consistency
0: yes and again it, unless there's a really good reason for it and there wasn't <laughs> just like there wasn't a very good reason but of making the movie aside from like well let's just make some money right right let's get together and, and have some fun like okay that's fine but you could have done that just, you know, for kicks on yeah. your own without inflicting it on us.
2: Right. Absolutely.
0: So Absolutely. Uh, now we're going to have some examples. And we'll try and go through these because I know we're getting a little long in the tooth here in the show. Well, uh, I mean, These are the shocker. ones we don't
2: like, so I don't think we'll be spending too much. Well, I, I don't know. Well, we, we are known for ranting.
0: so Yeah. So uh, I'll lead off with this Keep it one. in check. My biggest problem here is Pacific Rim 2 uh, I think it was Pacific Rim <laughs> uprising or something it was Pacific I, if I if this weren't a kid's show I'd have another another title for this but oh, I'm dear. going to refrain
2: uh, thank you because oh,
0: this is a family show thank you. Uh, but I loved Pacific Rim the original mm. it was it was a painstakingly crafted love letter from director Guillermo, Guillermo de Toro mm. for kaiju and, and, and mecca movies that he grew up with. It was so well done. There was so much detail. It wasn't necessarily... There was heart in it because he put his heart into it. You could feel that, that this meant something to the director. They took that and they turned that into a sequel that was a cheap action movie that even Michael Bay would have been embarrassed to put his name on. And that's saying a lot. Like Mm. it was horrific on all counts, bad character, bad writing. The CG was absolute crap compared to the first one. The first one, when I say it was like painstakingly crafted, like the CG in the first Pacific Rim is immaculate. Yeah. You can see the gears, you can see the water, you can see the rivets, you can see everything down to the, the, the littlest detail was amazing. This movie just did not give a crap. Hmm. There's a, there's like a couple of people from the original who I hope got paid really well to like just whore themselves out. Um, aside from that, no one else wanted anything to do with it. I mean, here, here's the difference. Like in the first movie, it was done so well with so much care that Idris Elba managed to utter one of the most ridiculous, Ridiculous lines in cinematic history. And that is? Today we are canceling the apocalypse. And you know what? I've watched that movie over a dozen times, and each time I am like within a breath of jumping off my couch and yeah. cheering. Yeah. It is abjectly objectively a horrible line. Yeah. <laughs> and yet it's delivered so well. And it in the with the, conviction. The, in the frame of the movie, it works. And in the second movie, they couldn't even get out of first gear. It was wretched. But it's, it's like it's like all of the sins of a of a movie. They they tried to kind of re. Just, oh, this just bad. Just bad. Yeah. Just bad. I can't go into it any further because I'm going to have PTSD. <laughs> and that's actually no. That's that's bad. That's bad. You know what? That's that's that is. I I. Have nightmares. Let's just put it that way.
2: Uncle Todd is beside himself.
0: I am literally. I'm beside myself. Saying, "Why are you talking right now? Shut up and let Tim do his movie." What's your movie?
2: Uh, my movie. uh, uh kind of in in you know opposition or or oppositeness uh, from the sequels done right is The Godfather Part Three, which is widely regarded as never happening.
0: <laughs> have you seen the? The redux of this that Coppola did, I have uh, not. you know I didn't,
2: but I heard about it.
0: I've got it. I've got to see that because I'm curious if he was able to re- if he was able to redeem this movie.
2: Yeah, he he um.
0: Ugh, I have heard that it did make a it, it made a market improvement. Of course, I mean anything would have improved this.
2: Yeah, because I I think he focused the story a little bit more in in you know I don't mean to say on Michael because Michael is the focus, but. I think he streamlined some of the, th- the 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 threads that play out through the movie, and yeah, well, I, I, made it I, the, a bit more focused that way. I think,
0: yeah, and I, and I I I would say, like, I agree with you. Terrible sequel, probably one of the worst sequels of all time.
2: Yeah. However, oh, yeah. I
0: will I will throw in a little bit of an asterisk on this one because I can't necessarily say it's I can't say it's as horrible as Pacific Rim Two, if only because. Coppola basically made this movie because if he hadn't, someone else was going to make it. Mm. Like literally the studio is like, we own the rights. We're going to do it. Whether you're attached to it or not. So he kind of almost, it was like self-defense of his legacy. And he wanted like, okay, give me this amount of time. Give me this amount of time. And they gave him like a quarter of the time Mm. and he had to do it. So it's, it's a mess because Coppola doesn't work fast. (laughs) yeah you know yeah. just go ahead and watch hearts of darkness and see how he made apocalypse now he you he know he, he's not he's not the quickest of cats when it comes to making a flick no um no. so rushing the process definitely didn't work well
2: no and you know the 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 subplot is is really strange because it's this it's trying to build on an actual historical event that that occurred with um not with the pope what, what am i trying to say with um Rome or, or the Catholic Catholic Church. church. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where, you know, he's finally, you know, taking the family legitimate and, and so it's kind of, you know, in a way it's, it's rehashing a gimmick from, from, you know, part two, um, But I mean, you could also look at it, I think, I think given
0: time, it might've turned into more of a continuation, but you're right. It's totally a rehash the way it is in the movie.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's a rehash in the sense that, you know, one of the big climactic builds up buildups is, you know, when he has that walk with the priest and does confessional with him, where he admits to the murder of Fredo and, and how, how it has, how it has impacted him. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, it, it's a moving scene, but it's also, you know, probably one of, the only like high points of the movie because it's like something you're, you're kind of curious to see, like, what is this, you know, when we leave him in two, as we talked about, he's this vacant soulless person. So now mm-hmm. it's kind of like, okay, is he kind of getting a soul back. Where's the consistency here? You know? Um, and then, um and then basically uh, you know, just the ending where it's, you know, kind of going for, a low-hanging fruit of you know, of course, he's going to lose a family member now, and that's going to be the thing where you know you get the sense he he kind of exiles himself, and he he ends up dying alone. So mm-hmm. you, you know, it doesn't quite have the same impact because we saw him alone at the end of part two. You know, it's it, and we saw him at the alone in the end of part two for, for a much more powerful reason than what we see in three. And so it's it's just not really well done and and probably wasn't necessary. But to your point, you know, Coppola's hand was probably forced, and so he did what he could. Um, sadly, his daughter was uh, not well, fit for, for acting in the role. Um, well, I mean, and she took that role on late in the
0: process. I yeah, mean, I forget yeah. who it was that they were originally head cast. And, I, I, again, like the whole thing was – it was – given time yeah would have turned out better of course i think at that point coppola had enough of a reputation the studio's like the last thing we're giving you is time
2: yeah right (laughs) because
0: you'll be shooting this movie for the next 10 years yep you know but oh yeah oh what a woofer oh what is your next one sir uh independence day two yeah Uh, again it feels kind of like low-hanging fruit but i mean there's barely any original cast it's dumb ideas dumb execution poor cgi I mean, and it's not like Independence Day one was like the greatest flick ever, but yeah, Yeah. I mean, just a gigantic steaming pony loaf of a movie rehash rehash, but uh, like it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, nothing makes any sense. Yeah, nothing. (laughs) That is all. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't even want to dignify this. So movie say by we all further about it. Like, <laughs> just gonna leave this over there in the corner and walk away from it. Exactly. <laughs> just let it mulch down and hopefully it'll go uh, away.
2: Well, and in I I would say my my next one is is probably gonna get tossed in the corner as well. RoboCop two. Uh, which oh boy, had had an extraordinarily uh, you know shallow story. You know, RoboCop one being this you know, really kind of, uh, in, in, in some ways, um, I don't know if avant-garde is the right way to put it, but it it was very different and very violent, very violent. Well, it was much
0: like a lot of Paul Verhoeven's stuff. It, it was, there was a commentary, Yeah, you know, and it's a very kind of like, it's a little bit tongue in cheek commentary. Like you don't necessarily, you have to really pay attention because Uh there's people who didn't, who were like, yeah. Oh, this is great. It's like no, that's not what it's about. Right. Same people who are like, they they loved like Starship Troopers. Is like you do realize you're kind of rooting for the Nazis, right? Right. Like you get that yeah. that's the idea behind the
2: flick, <laughs> right? Or or you know like in this case, you know the corporation owning the police and the corporation, you know, trying to yeah. re, re, remake the city by you know basically shoving all of the you know poor people out and just you know kind of building everything up and so or as we like to call it now twenty twenty three.
0: Yeah, basically. you know,
2: yeah. Oh dear. But this one, uh, you know, I kind of likened it to Rocky three in a way, uh, because you Say know, what? Well, here, here we go. Uh, okay. the, the, the concept of Robocop is that he is this, this, uh, powerful and, and somewhat indestructible robot, uh-huh. uh, you know, uh, cyborg, if you will. Uh, In this movie, what they decide to do is uh, gimmick it up and basically he goes against this drug gang whose leader eventually becomes the follow-on or or the successor to the original RoboCop. Uh, And uh, basically that gang uh, dismembers him. And so this is the big shocking thing is that they, they capture RoboCop. They basically cut him up into pieces and dump him in front of his... Uh, police station. And, and you have this, and it is in some ways kind of a a mildly horrific scene because you just see him kind of like, you know, just, you know, yelling in agony as he's, you know, basically been totally separated. But at the same time, now he has doubts and he has basic, you know, similar to the comparison to Rocky three is because he's gone through this trauma, he's now having to work through it. And, and so he's, not exactly the bold and brash, you know, RoboCop that we remember. He kind of has to work himself back into having the confidence to go forth and basically go and go after the, uh, now drug dealer whose brain has been basically shifted into the, what is now the Mark II uh, version of himself. Uh, and so, uh, so it's just, it's not a very good story and it has really very little depth to it. And, 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 you know, as you said, you know, Ver- Verhoeven's movies are a commentary and there is no commentary here. This is just this is strictly a gimmick of we're going to break Robocop down. We're going to build him back up and he's going to go fight the drug dealer and bash his brains in. And it was just a very, oh, such a strange, strange ending because it's mm-hmm. like this, this massive battle has happened. Um, you know, he's, he's taken on a little bit of damage, but it's like, you know, him quipping something with his like partner, you know, I forget her name, but, uh, you know, she calls him Murphy yeah. and, uh, you know, it's just like the movie ends with a quip between the two of them and that's it. And it was just like, like, that's it. <laughs> that's the end of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. just very bad. So I, I got to put this here. This is a, a steaming pile of, of poo
0: so, the the most awkward part I thought of RoboCop 2 was that time that he made that really weird trip to Washington D.C. and and busted Sting out of that cage at the pay per view and oh then just god and... <laughs> that was the that was I I was like this high point of really... WCW right there baby this really just doesn't seem to fit the narrative at all um yes oh my uh, gosh awful my it's next awful. flick is uh, Caddyshack 2. oh <laughs> which. This 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 literally physically pains me to do yeah. because I love me some Jackie Mason. I've talked about before. I I'm, I've been a Jackie Mason fan forever. I've mm-hmm. always appreciated his comedy. I I listened to the world according to me ad infinitum, probably probably enough to drive my parents a little bit wacky as a kid. To just be like, what is a thirteen year old doing listening to this? Like uh, like a, what is what is a thirteen year old white. Like Methodist yeah <laughs> Gentile kid in New Hampshire doing listening to this New York like Jewish comedian yeah <laughs> on constant rotation like I'd listened to that record like every other day literally yeah. um and I loved I, I I even saw Jackie Mason live on Broadway uh, and it's one of the greatest things I've ever seen it hurts me to say that this movie is terrible. <laughs> But it is shocking. It's it's essentially taking he's Jackie Mason is playing Rodney Dangerfield's uh, role to the point where he's an he's another real estate developer. Oh, gosh. Except it's, instead this time building condos out on the other side of the golf course, he's buying the golf course. OK. And turns it into like, you know, whatever. And it's like it's just it's the it's the problem that a lot of sequels run into like, well, it's the same, but we're just going to turn up the volume. Yeah, yeah and that just doesn't work in most cases now right. in some cases it can but they're very rare yeah and I would I would hold that they're not even it's not even like an exception to the rule it's like such an exception that's like an exception to the exception yeah oh it's just it's terrible and then of course they made it PG as well which you know they're trying to make it family friendly and it's like that's not caddyshack right and so you have like the the, the one and a half minute of a cameo that Chevy chase did here to provide some kind of continuity. Cause ain't nobody else around. I think, uh, what was the Robert stack is playing uh, Ted Knight's role. And it's just, Oh, oh it's, I mean, you even have like Dan Aykroyd doing this weird thing. Yeah. It's, it's just terrible. It's terrible.
2: Nobody should play Ted Knight. I'm sorry.
0: No, I mean, nobody. I mean, not not exactly Ted Knight's role, of course, but I mean, like that authority figure. And it's just, oh, it's horrible. Horrible. Give me horrible the old movie. Billy Baruch. Oh, Billy, 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 Billy. That is, that is like one of the best parts because you're like, Ted Knight's going at that like he's, he's like going for an Oscar. Like, nice. <laughs> like, I think Ted really thought like, this is the one that's going to put you over the top.
2: Indeed. indeed. <laughs>
0: indeed. Oh, my gosh. So, what do you got for your uh, your third of the of the worst year?
2: Well, I know this will be a surprise because I am all in on Star Wars, but uh, after a few years of of distance and some self serious self reflection, uh, I, I got to put Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker here. I'm I'm sorry, I, I I spoke very highly of it a couple of years ago when we did our rankings. I, I want to have a redo. I think this is an episode we got to do. No, we got to re-rank. Sorry. Them.
0: That scarlet letter is going to follow you for the rest of your life.
2: No, we're, we're re-ranking them. It never happened. No, we're not. No, it we're never not. happened.
0: No, this is like, this is like inglorious bastards where we're going to carve that one under your forehead. Oh, <laughs> oh. You're going to take that uniform off now, ain't you?
2: But with some distance, uh, you know, I mentioned earlier when, when sequels are done right that there's consistency in the character arc, and this is where Kylo Ren goes horribly, horribly wrong. I know there, oh, there's yeah. a redemption story that is trying to be told here, but quite honestly, they needed to commit to him going the direction that he was going in and and not trying to turn him to the light side. Uh, they they needed to take him to the dark side as as intended, and they did not. It's uh, like in that
0: story that Mick Foley tells in his biography, where he he has Terry Funk taking him under the learning tree and says, "You, he couldn't be the angel because you weren't being the devil out there." Yeah, they did not let Kylo go to that place where he was mm-hmm. the devil. They didn't let, uh, figuratively, of course, you know. Right. But I mean, like he wasn't the bad, 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 bad guy. They didn't let him get to that place. So then the right. redemption comes off as like. Meh. You know, it's, it, it, it falls like He
2: killed, uh, I mean, he, he, they committed him once he killed Han. Yes, but after that- And, and they should have stuck with it. I mean, um, granted, I, I would actually, I would, I would say- He technically kills his mother too, in a way, except she somehow like survives through
0: the force, but- Well, so here's the thing. I think, and again, I'm going to get called out for this because I'm a, I'm just a shill for The Last Jedi- the Last Jedi set him up perfectly to then uh-huh. go over the top as a bad guy.
2: Yes, agreed.
0: Set him up to go full-blown heel, and what do they do? They put him essentially back at the same place as he was at the beginning of The Last Jedi, because, oh, well, we got to reset things. Right. right.
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, leaning again on on the Palpatine character to be the big bad was... You know, rehashing oh, yeah. the gimmick once again. Not even, um, not even
0: rehashing, like, like reviving, like literal smelling
2: salts and like clear. You no, know. but but rehashing in the sense that he's the puppet master of everything. I mean, he well, he's yeah. now he's now the puppet master behind two trilogies. If you <laughs> yeah, think it, about it. <laughs> it, three. Well, thank you. Yes, yes. He's wow. a man. he's makes then, him a triple threat uh, winner there. Yeah. And
0: we all know how much I hate triple threat matches. Oh, so, yes. uh, yeah, it, it's, it's terrible, terrible. Yeah. I mean, and, and granted there are some last, uh, you know, rise of Skywalker has some moments. Unfortunately, they're not always the ones that they wanted you to have. Cause they wanted to have their on yeah. the left moment. And that felt like a, that went over like a fart in church. Um,
2: uh, okay, and, and, and we've talked about this ad nauseum, but, but it, yeah. it, it, it is an unearned moment. And, yep. and you know, the more, like I said, the more I think about the movie, the more I, I just feel it, it, it wasn't what it could have been. And it wasn't what it could have been for all the reasons we've just stated. It, there, there were a lot of missed opportunities. There was unearned, um, you know, just, just unearned moments. Um, we had to hear that stupid line to how loud man oh, um, and, uh, yeah, so I, I, I have to put a Star Wars sequel up here as as done wrong because uh, th- this this could have been something and sadly was a missed opportunity.
0: J.J. Abrams should be taken out in the town square and beaten about the head and shoulder with a wiffle bat <laughs> oh, while being drugged through the streets, everyone crying,
2: shame. Oh, shame. shame.
0: All right. Dishonorable mention, sir. Uh, I've only got one here because I couldn't think of anything to top it. Highlander 2. Ah, yes. Right yes. in the original movie, it says there can be only be one, and you got one job. <laughs> you don't sequelize that. There's only you're one. You're not quite there. <laughs> you violated the one rule. Indeed. Indeed. What do you got for dishonorable mention, sir? Because I might have a problem with a couple of these.
2: Uh, all right. So I went with, uh, now I put Rocky four, um, which is, I put Disguise as a good sequel because mm. I was a big fan of it until I sat and watched one through five, you know, pretty, not back to back, but in, in And you realize close it's
0: just like one long training sequence with a, with like a little bit of a framing device.
2: Basically when you watch one through three and then you watch four, it is very disturbing how thin four is. Oh yeah. Thin. I mean, and, and, thin, thin. and thin is being a generous, is, is a generous term. <laughs> So you are so, correct
0: you are correct
2: so I have to put this up because it, it it really is a story with very little depth it is it is somewhat of a revenge story but a nonsensical one at best and yeah uh and so I also put five as well which oh, uh, yeah. I know features Tommy the machine gun one of the oh, uh, better geez. uh you know nicknames I, I've seen but at the same time um uh just, just rocky's just, kid like he yeah. stole my room yeah oh, oh my gosh yeah and uh terrible go for it um i also put uh indiana jones uh two and four to uh continue my my trend of of declaring the even number indiana jones movies as the not great ones Mm. and then uh i have uh star wars one and two uh from the prequels uh and then uh, star trek Mm. three and five uh, again to support the odd number ones being poor outings what does god need With a starship. Don't ask questions. (laughs) Now, the one thing, the thing is,
0: and I'm not going to fault your list here because I agree. Um, What I would just like to point out, because I saw a comment on Reddit today. Again, you shouldn't read the comment section, but I just can't help myself Mm. uh, because I love misery. And um, so uh, someone was talking about the JJ. They were talking about Cloverfield because Cloverfield is like turning 15 this year or something like that and talked about there was a little tangent that went off about J.J. Abrams and how, you know, oh, yeah, the, the concept is great, trailers are great, but it's the execution that's bad. And then went off on the, on his Star Wars uh, Kelvin timeline reboot. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about, you know, how, oh, yeah, the first one was great. I was hoping then they would go in more of a, quote, Star Trek sciency Direction, end quote. Huh. But they didn't, so I was disappointed. And I'm like, yes, because once again, we all know, like, oh yeah, all the even Star Trek movies are good, and the 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 odd ones are bad. Well, guess which ones are the more sciency? Mm-hmm. That all these freaking Star Trek fans, and I'm using air quotes around fans, say they want. Those are the ones they always are like, yeah, that's not such a great movie. Those are all the sciency ones. Yeah. The ones they like; those are kind of the swashbuckling action mm-hmm. movies. Mm-hmm. Gee, I don't think that you're being really genuine in what you say you want.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: But, anyways, I just I, I love just taking a swing at fan bases. It's one of my favorite
2: things. Ever. I know, I know you do. And but, at the end of the day, it's all about entertaining
0: Uncle Todd. Well, yeah, and they're not going to come on the show anyway, so screw them. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, right, right. right. <laughs> um, so that's it, folks. Uh, basically, uh, if you want to make a good sequel, uh, just don't repeat yourself and make things make sense. And uh, tell good don't be stories. A jerk. Yeah, tell, tell a good, good story, stories. which I mean is really the way that you make a good movie. In work the, the first gimmick, way. don't rehash it. Work it. Yeah, yeah, and that goes for everything except for Alvin and Chipmunks: The Squeakle.
2: There we go. And another
0: thing. <laughs> So what do you got for in another thing this episode, sir?
2: Uh, my mine is a a now now that I've you've I've, used this show like five times. I was just today. saying now, now, after saying don't rehash, I'm rehashing. So <laughs> good God, you're going back to the well more times than anyone I've ever seen. No, I I listened to the show. Are you over getting the weekend. a cut from this show? Like, are they paying you? I I, I might be actually. Uh, no, I I uh, I actually I so. that's right. I did use it recently because we went and saw it live, didn't I? Well, you anyways, did? Uh, I listened to it over the weekend and they are celebrating 25 years of broadcasting comedic takes on the weekend news. The show I speak of wait, wait, don't tell me on NPR. Uh, if you have not heard this show uh, you need to listen to it. It is a very funny take on the weekend news. Peter Sagel is your host. There are different uh, guests who uh, usually are of the comedic craft and uh, make wonderful wonderful banter about uh, the weekend news and uh, some of the stories that their guests share that call in so do check it out it is uh, 25 years of hilarity uh, wait wait don't tell me on NPR
0: very nice um, and mine, you, sir? Is, mine is going to be of a more literary uh, turn yeah, I've course. been I've been taking advantage of the library that is just literally two doors down from me, uh, for me responsible taxpayer that you are well, I mean, paying for it anyways. I might as well go check out some books. I mean, geez, try and get some of this money back. Um, and so I've been trying to go through some different books, and it's 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 been nice. One one of the uh, one of the ways that I will kind of promote a library is you ain't paying anything for these books. So it it for me, I'm I'm more likely to check some stuff out because I'm not buying it. I, I buy books that I know I'm going to want to read or reread in most cases I, that I'm going to want to add to my personal library. With uh, books from the library, you can be a little bit more you know, adventurous because, hey, if you don't like it, oh, well, just bring it back. It didn't cost you anything. Um, and so I, uh, a while ago I had read um, The Three-Body Problem, which is like this high-end, high-minded sci-fi trilogy And I made it through that first book and then I started reading the second book and I made about 80 pages and I'm like, what in the hell am I trying to prove? And I put it aside because I'm like, yeah, I've, I've, I just can't do this. It's too much, too much, too high minded. I I can't even follow what the hell is going on anymore, you know? And so then I had already, I check out like three books at a time. What the crap was that? Sorry. (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) You playing with your X-Wing over here?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no. It's called I Didn't Turn the Volume Down on the Laptop.
0: <laughs> oh. So uh, so I had this other book ready, and this book is called Sinkable, Obsession, the Deep Sea, and the Shipwreck of the Titanic. Uh, it's written mm. by Daniel Stone. And it's interesting because it doesn't focus on the sinking of the Titanic, which is what everything is seems to focus on like how did it happen why did it happen blah 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 this really focuses on um the idea of the titanic as shipwreck and as like the shipwreck like the one that always gets referred to and so it kind of goes into um just that idea and it it talks about other shipwrecks by by always kind of orbiting them around the titanic Um, so basically the, the description is kind of a, you know, Daniel Stone spins a fascinating tale of history, science, and obsession, uncovering the untold story of the Titanic, not as a ship, but as a shipwreck. He explores generations of of eccentrics like American Charles Smith, whose 1914 recovery plan using a synchronized armada of ships bearing electromagnets was complex, uh, convincing, and utterly impossible. Jack Grimm, a Texas oil magnate who fruitlessly dropped a fortune to find the wreck of the Titanic after failing to find Noah's Ark, and the British Doug Woolley, a former pantyhose factory worker who has claimed since the 1960s to be the true owner of the Titanic wreckage. Interesting. This this book is wacky and weird, and there's parts of it where, like, the writer definitely comes out and is just kind of like, yep, and here, let me add a little commentary, tongue firmly planted in cheek. It's a fun read. It's a quick read. Uh, It's not overly long. It's like, I think, it might be 250 pages, something like that. Uh, but it's well worth your time, especially if you can get it from your public library and, uh, and give it a read. It, it reads pretty quickly and, like I said, entertaining. So I would definitely give that a spin from your local public library. Very nice. Very nice. I thought so. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's about that time. About that time. That ever, yeah, it's about... Uh, about time for everyone in my house to be able to go to sleep, especially my daughter, whose like, room is only separated from my office by a bathroom. So right now she's just like, yeah, I've heard all I need to know about sequels from my dad just ranting. So I need to shut this thing down. Uh, we thank you all for tuning in, for downloading. Uh, if you have not yet subscribed to our podcast, if you have not yet joined the Free Range Idiocy Congregation, I, I ask yet again, what the hell's wrong with you? I mean, seriously, what is wrong with you? Why would you not? Is it some sort of like defective chromosome or something like that? Or is it just you, you have a grudge against us because of our firmly held opinions on the rise of Skywalker, which finally the man they call Tim is coming around to see reason on?
2: We're going to redo that uh, that ranking show. No, we're not.
0: You're going to bear that like a scarlet letter. We're going to tattoo that on your forehead for all eternity. I like I pray. said, firmly held opinions. Um, but if you have not yet subscribed, you can do that uh, by going to freerangeedc.com. You can subscribe right there to the Podbean app or download the individual episodes, whatever works best for you. You can also find us on all of the podcast purveyors of your choice. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Pandora. We are on uh, not the Planet Pandora. We are actually on the, the Music Pandora we are also on Spotify. We're also on Google Podcasts. A whole bunch of others. Just go ahead and search for free and Uh You can also find us on the social medias. We are on Facebook. We are on Instagram. We are on YouTube. We used to be on Twitter, but screw Twitter. Uh, we are uh, also available via email. Yes. Really? You, you can talk to us. Do tell. Via electronic mail. I don't know if you folks have heard about this thing called electronic mail, but it allows you to send messages via the internet.
2: Do we have a fax machine? Cuz that's when you're legit when you have a fax machine. Maybe
0: actually. Number. You, okay, I wasn't going to I wasn't going to dive into this but Patrick has found a fax machine.
2: Of course he has.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs>
2: rummaging in the dumpster behind the building. Jesus. And geez. that's exactly where he found it because <laughs>
0: there's a there's like an insurance company down the hallway. Oh, good lord. And they redid all their offices. They had like five fax machines. So he went and he grabbed them all. Oh, there you go. There you go. Is he going to network them together? Yeah, he's got all these. I, I don't know how he's fit. He's like this closet that he's now taken up residence in. And at the, I'm recording from home right now because essentially I've been forced out of headquarters. Partly because of the smell. Mostly because of the smell. Um <laughs> But he's got his closet. It's like the TARDIS. Like, it seems like it's bigger on the inside. Like, he's got all this stuff in there. I don't know how he even gets in there. But he's got, like, five fax machines in there. Somehow he's rigged them up. And so every so often I get that fax noise whenever I'm there. I'm like, who is sending you a fax? Who's sending anyone a fax right now? And you know what? I actually don't want the answer to that question. I'm scared of what he might be getting faxed to him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm just hoping I don't get involved in like a Rico case at some point. That's all. That's really what I'm hoping for. I don't know if he's involved in crypto, but this could end, end very poorly for me. That's all I know. Unless I can get his name on the lease and just get the hell out of there, I don't know. Then he becomes. Then he goes from he goes he goes from our intern to fall guy. Uh, you know, and that's kind of the natural progression of things. Well, I was going to really say,
2: wasn't the, wasn't that the intended trajectory to begin with? <laughs>
0: I, I mean. It was always the backup plan, but I didn't realize it was going to get moved up this quickly. I figured, you know, but, you know, yeah. So, yes. Good thing he doesn't listen to the shows. Anyways, um, but yes, you can reach us via email. (laughs) Tim at freerangeedc.com. And uh, if you have any suggestions for shows or if you uh, have any questions, feel free to send those to the man they call Tim and he'll get back to you ASAP. All right, now it's time for me to finally shut up and hand this over to the less idiotic idiot of the two idiots who run this show, uh, not before I ask the second most important question in all of human history. The first, of course, being what is hip? The second being what the hell did we learn this episode?
2: Uh, we have learned the following, my friend. Uh-huh. Uh, we have learned uh, Mando Season 3 is is looking to be a, a firecracker, a, a high point, a just an explosion of celebration as we see the child in Mando return and Grief Karga is now sporting the Ric Flair sequin gown. So It'll be are, a
0: blue milk enema.
2: Indeed. Indeed. We are looking forward to it. And uh, hopefully Mando gets a different ship, because I just can't stand it in that Mando Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. We've also learned Vince McMahon has returned. And all of the drama, chaos, and headaches that come with that have also returned.
0: Abandon all hope, ye who enter here, I believe is the phrase.
2: So the Royal Rumble may be the last pay-per-view we end up doing. We'll have to see how uh, WrestleMania is shaping up from a card perspective. Uh, We've also learned uh, sequels are, are... done well when uh, they expand, they explore, they go beyond the borders of the original. When you stay within kind of the safe zone, that's when it's uh, a big pile of the pool. So, mm, just uh, keep that in mind, and uh, I think we've given you some pretty good uh, examples on both sides of the equation on that one. So, if you have any questions, uh, just hit us up on the fax machine, or the army of fax machines that uh, Patrick has somehow wandered his way into. Mm. And finally, uh, we've also learned that uh, apparently all you got to say is Fax Machine and Uncle Todd will go on a five-minute rant about it. So.
0: <laughs> that isn't a rant. That was just a story. It was a slice of life. It was. Know. It was a well-framed narrative. A human interest fact. story, if you will. Know, just Indeed. with a very sad
2: ending. Well, that being said, we thank you again. As, as Uncle Todd has already stated, let me reiterate. We thank you greatly for the listenership, for the downloads, and do, uh, uh, do appreciate uh, all those who are partake in our wonderful As we like to close out, be safe, be healthy, be kind. We need, be kind. We need more be kindness. And be good to one want, want Indeed. Uh, but as we like to close things out, uh, you know, Patrick, well, he's going to run up an energy bill now with those fax machines. So if you would please, could you hit the lights on right now?
1: I took the wrong week to quit drinking. I beg your pardon, what did you say? Damn! You're such a disappointing pair. I prayed so hard for you. For you! <laughs> Get out! And don't come back until you've redeemed yourselves. Merchandising! Merchandising! where the real money from the movie is made. Spaceballs the t-shirt. Spaceballs the coloring book. Spaceballs the lunchbox. Spaceballs the breakfast cereal. Spaceballs the flamethrower.
2: The kids love this one.
1: All of you relax. This is a matter of inconvenient timing. That's all. This action was inevitable. It's necessary, So. Let them fumble about outside and stay calm. This is simply the beginning.
0: You really think you're going to escape the shame, the stench of The Rise of
2: Skywalker? I would like to see where The Rise of Skywalker landed on your top 13 or whatever it was list we did.
0: Oh, I'll go back right now. I feel quite comfortable. I think it
2: was down Please around do. 11 or 12. I do. I disagree greatly. You do, do you? It was above ten, at least. <laughs> Hang
0: on a second. I'm, you know what? We're going into OT here, anyways. I'm oh, gonna, I'm Lord. going back. It's going in the wayback
2: machine. Here we when, go.
0: When was that? BSG NFL worst best. Wow, Whoa. we've done some. Uh, oh, we we had the rise of. We did an entire episode on the rise of Skywalker. Dear God, what was that yeah, like? You were a part of that, so don't forget that, Mister. And I'm pretty sure I was like thrashing it quite uh soundly as a matter of fact i don't know brady geddon comic no holes barred um where the you, hell are you looking at
2: show outlines or what are you looking at
0: I yeah know. i can't find it where is it where uh eternals the evidence was destroyed <laughs> <laughs> no way home um book of Boba Fett. star trek bracket bsg bracket when when the hell did we talk about this? I think it was early on, man. I don't think it was that early on. You know what? I'd I still stand by my. Uh...
2: I stand by my assertion, as there's no evidence to disprove it. Exactly. <laughs> You've got nothing. Uh, it's way far thin, just like Rocky Four. <laughs> Son of a
0: mother? Where is this thing? Oh my gosh. Who's your captain? Whole new Westworld. You remember those days? Oh yeah. Mandalorian.
2: It's canceled. We spent five episodes on that show.
0: I have no idea where this fracking thing is, but you know what? I know that I trashed the rise of Skywalker and I feel comfortable
2: saying that. Ladies and gentlemen, Uncle Todd embraced it. Loved it. Until data shows otherwise, I stand by my assertion.
0: I'm going to punch you square in the (laughs) mouth.
1: (laughs) Now get the hell out of here!